you think it's safe to ask them? Hear me. All you hosts gathered here. Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Well, I think we're about ready. Quiet, everyone. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. From the whispers of the damned, deep within the bowels of hell, welcome to Astro Radio Z.
Welcome to a newish episode of Astro Radio Z. Today, we are going to be mining the depths of the Astro Radio Z Patreon page. Now you're saying, Derek, 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 what? You're bringing us a clip show? Yes. In all the years that I've been doing this podcast, I think I started this around 2012 when I took it over and started doing this myself. We've never done a clip show. We've never done a greatest hits package. We've never sat and repeated episodes on the show. Today, due to the fact that it's been really difficult getting episodes put together for this show, I decided, just so you guys weren't sitting with nothing to listen to, to go through my Patreon, which has been going on for now like, shit, four years coming up this month, this February, four years I've been doing Astro Radio Z's Patreon and get a greatest hits package together for you guys to listen to. Now, I know there are a lot of you out there that may be on the, just on the precipice of wanting to jump in, but you're of the mind that, you know what, know what, know what? I'm not going to pay for podcasts. Podcasts are free. I shouldn't have to pay a cent to listen to them. Well, I want to give you a nice little push. This episode is a hard shill for my Patreon because mostly because I'm creating podcasts there constantly. Way more than what I'm doing here on the regular Astro Radio Z feed. So for some of you that aren't happy, and it's been expressed to me in the past that this is the case, some of you that aren't happy that I'm not creating weekly or even monthly podcasts of Astro Radio Z, I am giving this episode to you to give you a taste of what you could be listening to over at patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. For the measly price of $1 a month, you will get more than your fair share of my voice in podcast form, along with some of our good buds. Mark the Movie Man and I do a show called Astro Radio Z Uncensored, which is essentially Astro Radio Z, only we do it via a live stream and we also watch the movie with our Patreon supporters. I also then do other podcasts outside of Astro Radio Z. Some of the podcasts that you guys have come to love or you've even maybe some of you haven't heard them, but I know some of you have the podcast at Orgy Castle, the smut podcast that I was producing with my friend Paula that originated on the Patreon, as did all the gimmicks with my bud Seth. This is kind of the Patreon is kind of like um, a testing ground for ideas that I have. And they usually just stay there and then explode upon the world when they're ready. There is one podcast, however, that is exclusive to the Patreon that will never leave the Patreon. And it is the worst movies ever podcast. This episode, I'm going to start out this clip show, which is full episodes. I'm giving you full episodes. That's why this episode is so long. It's not just like cut up little bits. I'm giving you a taste of what I feel are some of the best full episodes 
of my shows here. This first clip you're going to hear is episode zero of my worst movies ever podcast, which essentially is the primer to set up what this podcast is and what it's about and why would I even like introduce wanting to do a show where my Patreon subscribers have amassed a list of what they feel are the worst movies ever for me to watch. So I will be coming back and forth this episode to introduce each of these clips so that you have a little bit of primer of what the hell am I listening to? Because let me tell you, the Patreon moves all over the place. Any little tiny idea I have, we jump upon. So here it is, episode zero of Worst Movies Ever. I hope you enjoy this episode. What are you doing, Amos? Nothing? We're in such a hurry to get back. You might have hurt yourself. Worst movies ever. You might have hurt yourself badly. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to what's going to be, I guess, the preliminary episode of this new podcast I'm doing here on the Patreon called Worst Movies Ever. Now, obviously, I'm being a bit overdramatic <laughs> about the title of this and what the intent is of this podcast is uh, we, and when I say we, I mean the proverbial we of uh, people that are the collective, I suppose, the hive mind of the internet, seem to be prone to hyperbole more often than not. And I know I do this quite a bit, not only here on the Patreon, but on my podcast, Astro Radio Z, and on all the gimmicks. Proclaiming something is the worst thing ever. I think this is just something in our nomenclature now that when we find something of the moment, we're in the heat of the moment, uh, we proclaim, oh, isn't that the fucking worst? And do it to comedic and dramatic effect. So uh, when I come, or I should say, when I came to the idea of opening this up and doing this podcast for uh, the Patreon, to which this is exclusively only going to be on the Patreon, I'm not going to open this up like I have all the gimmicks and podcast at Orchard Castle and other experiments I've done here with you guys on the Patreon. I'm not opening this up ever to the mass populace. This is going to be something that lives exclusively here on the Patreon, mostly because I kind of want this to be a free-form podcast where, yes, we're going to be exploring the worst movies ever, and you guys are going to vote on them. You're going to give me a list, and I'm going to watch them. But I also kind of want this to be a podcast where I can just kind of, you know, speak my brain a little bit, along with, you know, watching what you guys deem as the worst movies ever. This came about, and as you can tell, I've already gone off track of what I originally was going to say. Um, this is what this podcast is going to be like, so I, I hope this doesn't bother you at all. This is how that final episode of Astro Radio Z a couple years ago was like, where it's just me. There's not going to be anyone else. It's just going to be, you're going to be stuck with me. 
uh, rambling because this is how my brain works. I go off on side tangents. I get diverted very easily. I'm a daydreamer by nature and very impulsive. So when something hits me in the brain, I go for that like a laser and tend to stay there until all of a sudden something else catches me. I'm like, you know, squirrel. That's how my brain kind of works. So anyways, where was I? Oh, my God. This is going to happen. I hope you guys don't mind this. Uh, This episode you're listening to right now is supposed to kind of be the primer for this podcast, kind of like giving you the mission statement of it, why I'm doing this, why I've opened this up to you and how I'm going to go about doing this podcast going forward. I guess we can uh, we can kind of start with why I would ever do something like this. Why would I actively want to open myself up and spend my free time watching quote unquote the worst movies ever ever since i was little and here we go you heard that you know what that means right i hope you got a pillow ready you got a blanket all tucked you in because you may fall asleep or since i was little there's something about things that most people hate that is attractive to me i've always kind of like veered off course of what everyone else is like. Is it just because I'm trying to be cool? No. Fuck, I've never been cool. Never in my life have I been the cool guy, and I don't really give a fuck about doing that. Um, Is it about me being uh, a contrarian and constantly having to just be different? Uh, Maybe. Maybe. I I think all of us, to a certain extent, kind of have that within us. But mostly it's there's something about things that are imperfect that uh, ground them to reality for me, because I don't think anything in our lives are particularly perfect anyway. And when I see something that everyone holds up and I'm mostly speaking about film and art and things of that nature, when I see something that everyone holds up to being masterpieces and important pieces of work, my fart sniffer meter goes off the charts and I kind of push it aside and look at it from a distance because it doesn't feel sincere to me. I know that sounds really fucking weird. And this has been something that I've had to reconcile for myself for a really long time. I have heard this from a lot of people as to like, Derek, you just like hating everything. And that's not really the case. I love a lot of stuff. It's just when something doesn't feel sincere to me, and maybe it's because of, you know, my life experiences and not really trusting people's word with a lot of things, that I tend to hold things off that everybody really digs because I just don't believe that it's true unless I can ingest it and I can come to terms with it. And it feels sincere to me. I'm just a natural skeptic. And things that are done in a specific way, um, if they don't feel sincere to me, as in if I don't feel the intent was there, I shun them. There's so much about what's going on in horror nowadays that feels so fart sniffy and insincere to me that... I just can't watch any of it anymore. It doesn't appeal to me. A lot of people love this stuff. Like, let's 
take an example of like what's going on on Shutter right now. I love the service. I love the idea that there's a home for horror. I mean, it's curated horror, and it's a very specific type of horror, but there's a place for that right now. The thing that I have an issue with and why it like I reject a lot of what's going on in it may come from the fact that the last 10 or so years um, I've dipped in and out of the underground film scene and been to enough film festivals and been around enough people that a lot of the content that comes out feels insincere to me. It feels like it's coming from a place of, hey, look at this clever idea. Aren't I a genius? Do you want to work with me? Let's keep coming up with new ideas. And none of it feels real. It all just feels like you're trying so hard to find the next big thing, as opposed to telling a a sincere story as stupid and ludicrous as it may be. It came from your heart, and this is what you want to do. Where that's the kind of stuff I gravitate towards. The stuff that passing off as horror on Shudder now just feels like a bunch of people that are filmmakers that all go to film festivals and sit and talk to each other and don't talk to the people that actually watch their movies. They sit and talk to each other and only the people that they want to talk to. And then they ignore everybody else so that they can get ahead a little bit. Get ahead horror is what I'll call it. It just, it feels so insincere to me that I just can't get down with it. It rubs me the wrong fucking way. And a lot of cinema in general, as I get older, is doing that to me, where I'm just kind of just, oh man, are you serious? Lately, and this is maybe where I'll start to come back, lately, during this pandemic, we've been locked up forever. We... All of us that are on the Patreon, I'm guessing, I'm going to just guess this right now, sit at home with a huge physical media collection. I know I do, and this has been a topic that my buddy Seth Pollan and I talk about, that we're sitting here, and this is the opportunity for us to sit and just watch all these movies we've had forever. And people keep coming to me during the pandemic when I have conversations with them. Hey, Derek, you watch any good new stuff lately? I haven't. I don't watch new stuff anymore. There's something about it that just, one, there's been a lot in my life that's been changing lately. Uh, My girlfriend of the last year and a half, Amy, has moved into my house with me. And now her and I, half the time, have five children in our house and a dog and two cats. So half of the time, my life is chaos. (laughs) It's a good and welcome chaos because I love it when the kids are around, even when they're being, you know, assholy kids. Every kid has their moments where they're assholy kids. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, But during that time, I'm not actively like watching movies for my own enjoyment, like seeking out the stuff that I used to sit and watch or like looking for horror movies. Cause another thing is my girlfriend, Amy, who's been on 
Astro Radio Z a number of times and been on some of these, you know, Astro Radio Z uncensored episodes, isn't a horror fan. I think by proxy, she's come to like some of the stuff that I do, but I've also been curating it. I'm not pushing her to the limits that I normally would go to. And I also think that her perspective on a lot of what I've consumed in the past has also kind of informed some of my decision making on what I what I do consume. Uh, as I grow older, some of my tastes are changing. Some of my thoughts on, you know, some of the nihilism and uh, sexism and things of that nature within the films that we've all kind of heralded as, you know, classics of the genre and, and all of this have been changing. And I welcome that because as I'm getting older, I'm not wanting certain things. And when somebody presents me with an idea um, that makes sense to me, I think about it. And some of the stuff I was watching isn't appealing to me anymore because I think Amy's made some really valid arguments to me of like, well, Derek, why exactly are you watching that? Like, what is appealing about that to you? This is something I know has come up on other podcasts where I've talked about, you know, getting rid of a ton of movies that I have. Because, one, it takes up a lot of space here in my house. I, I've done a few moves where the vast majority of the fucking move was me moving boxes of movies. At what point, now that I have all of them digitized, am I going to just start letting some of this go? Especially the shit that I don't like or the shit that doesn't appeal to me anymore. Or the shit that nobody in my house, which, I mean, sometimes you hold on to movies because you think down the line, oh, I might have a movie night and somebody might want to watch this. Or maybe I can give somebody this movie. Why am I holding on to this shit? Nobody fucking knows. So my tastes have really been changing and I haven't had the time or want during those periods of time to sit and you know, watch all of the horror that's coming out or watch all the movies that are coming out. Um, and I have been, and this is really strange, maybe to the vast majority of people, but Amy and I unwind watching really, really shitty movies. We honestly, when all is said and done, especially in the last couple months, uh, with the move that's happened and just the madness of everyone now living under the same house, we tend to gravitate towards wanting to watch really shitty movies. Now, half the time, we turn the movies off within 15 minutes because we have a very hard like 15-minute rule where if this movie is just agonizing and we hate ourselves, we turn the thing off. At least one of us pulls the plug. But there's something about the go for broken kind of silly, goofy, over the top sincerity of these really lowbrow movies that kind of puts us in a good mood and comforts us a little bit. And I've really liked living here <laughs> for a while in this space where I'm not having to really care. Is this going to be good? Is this going to be bad? I just care about something surprising me and me having a good time with the movies. Uh, 
So I felt in myself, and I know you guys more than likely, you know, you've started contributing to this tier to open this up. I know a couple of you probably have. And you guys are all super excited, the rest of you, that I'm doing this and opening this up for. To hear me ramble and bitch and moan and get upset because Amy Flyle told me, Derek, people like hearing you bitch and moan. That's just the way it is. Okay, well, I, whatever. <laughs> I don't actively like living in a space where I'm an angry old man, but if so, you guys get enjoyment out of it, good. Uh, awesome. But... I feel like I'm in a good headspace, uh, personally, emotionally, right now, going forward, to handle watching really, really, really shitty movies. And I know you guys like hearing about these really shitty movies, because I think as a collective, we all like having a good laugh from time to time. And like challenging ourselves, oh, is this really that fucking bad? And half the time, it's not. Let's be real fucking honest about this. Half the time, these movies aren't that fucking bad. I love that. Most people you talk to sit and, you know, point at big Hollywood movies as like, ooh, this is the worst fucking thing ever. Millions of dollars have been put into these things. And the worst these movies can be is just boring. Condescending and boring. That, to me, is just like, yeah, that isn't worth our time but the kind of stuff we're more than likely going to be watching here the b movies i mean these dudes in dudettes and however you want to say that you know put a lot of blood sweat and tears into these movies and sometimes they just don't end up working out but sometimes they're just goofy as fuck and come from a place that i just have no idea or no perspective on and never experienced before in my life and i love that kind of thing and that's what obviously astro radio z has been kind of you know set in stone and grounded upon that's what interests me is stuff like that different perspectives on life i don't really care about the vast majority of movies and thankfully 2020 has kind of been the reset button for a lot of mass market media it's just there's no movies coming out so we're not getting inundated with all of this bland homogenous bullshit over and over and over again which probably has been the reason why I haven't felt the need to sit and watch any of the big budget stuff that has trickled out there or any of the stuff that, that's been around. I can sit and live in low-budget cinema because that has not stopped. Low-budget cinema has been thriving, has kept going during this pandemic. And there's been a bunch of really awful bullshit, but some really good stuff. So... Anyways, this long rambly thing. So this is a good time, I think, for me to open this up and see if we, the hive mind of the Patreon, the Astro Radio Z Patreon, can come up with the worst movies ever list by watching these movies one by one and determining, are these really the worst movies ever? Is this the worst that there is? We'll find out. Uh, The way this is going to work on the Patreon is that obviously the $25 a month tier is the worst movie ever tier. And as long as somebody is subscribed to that tier, 
this will continue to be a podcast and I will continue to go through the movies. The moment there's nobody subscribed to this tier, this podcast is done and will stay dormant until somebody else picks up the mantle and wants to continue subscribing to that tier. Now, what are the perks to being in that tier beyond just opening this up for the collective, which I mean is a bit rather chivalrous and, uh, Nice thing to do for a bunch of people you more than likely don't know. You get to have the first crack at the movies I'm going to be covering. And if you make the list, I've made a Google Doc, which I've shared on the Patreon, not only on the Patreon page, because I know there's a few few of you like Adam Carlson out there that aren't on Facebook. I've put it out there and it should be an editable uh, link. You should be able to in Google Docs go there and edit. And if you can't seem to open it up, please contact me through the DMs on Patreon or at Astro Radio Z Podcast at gmail.com and I'll open it up to you. As of right now, I don't know any better way to do this. I want to have a collaborative list here where you guys can sit and post to it and then I can just draw upon it. I can just go to it and check it out and find one of these movies and just go one by one through this list. But anyway, the people that are subscribed to this will have their own tier on this Google Doc where they can fill it out. And people, please, when you put the movies on this list, put your name next to it so I know who's actually recommending these movies because I want to (laughs) see what each of you think are the worst movies ever. This is going to be interesting. Those will be the movies that I go to. They're my absolute top-of-the-shelf go-to movies. I will watch those. Everybody else that aren't subscribed to that tier can list movies. And if I run out of movies on the subscriber list, I will go to those movies. And as long as we have someone subscribed, is if we have this list between the subscribers and everybody else that are subscribed to the lower Patreon levels... You'll still get a podcast and we'll still keep going through this. Now, it could be one a month. It could be 10 a month. It's just a matter of what I can get in and when I can have time to sit here and record something. Sometimes these podcasts can be will be 10, 15 minutes long. Sometimes they'll be an hour long or even more. We'll see. It's just a matter of what I have time for and what I have to say. So that's kind of how this is going to go. Let's go over this again, shall we? People subscribe to the $25 tier on uh, the Patreon. Get the first crack at putting together a list of the movies they feel they want me to watch to be on the worst movies ever list. And they are opening this up. The podcast will continue on as long as somebody subscribed to this level. The rest of the tiers underneath them have their own list with this Google Doc and they can add to it. And those will kind of be like the backups, the backup list. So please, everyone go to either the Patreon or Facebook uh, private Facebook group, which if you're on the Patreon and are on Facebook and didn't know there was this private Patreon Facebook group, get a hold of me. I'll add you to this group. That's where most of the action in the talking and conversation with the Patreon is taking place. And I'm really thankful. It makes me excited looking at that page and seeing everybody being a part of it. It's it's cool. It makes me feel like, you know, 
there's a reason why I'm doing this. I'm glad I'm still doing this. So anyways, that is kind of the nuts and bolts of the way this is going to work. Um, the setup for the subscribers and the Google document that we're going to go forward with the collective list. Now, when I'm doing this podcast, there's going to be some structure to this. When I'm watching these movies, I'm going to have three categories that I'm going to be looking at with these movies as I watch them. And this is going to be cheese dick. I know. But this is going to make it fun for me so I can kind of focus the conversation as to what exactly (laughs) I thought of these movies. The three categories I'm going to look at with each of these movies are the good What was good in these movies? Because I'm going to try with every one of these pieces of shit you guys are more than likely going to throw at me. I'm going to look for something good in this movie. The bad, something or anything that I just thought was just horrible in this movie. And the what the fuck. That moment in shitty movies, and you all know what I mean, where you just go, what the fuck was that? So the good, the bad, and the what the fuck. Those are the three things I'm going to look for in each of these movies that you're going to throw at me. So also after that, because I don't really do rating systems on this podcast or any podcast I do. I just, it's so arbitrary and meaningless. I'm just going to do... Do I recommend that you go through and watch this movie or does this get its own private spot on the worst movie ever list, which we're going to be creating as we do this podcast. Now, some of you have been here with me on Astro Radio Z for many, many years and have heard me say I have some movies that are just the worst fucking things ever, at least to me, things that just don't work for me on any level. And that usually means that they were just so boring that they had nothing going on in them, and I just don't find them to be much of a movie. Um, Those are going to be movies I'm probably, I'm not going to cover here. So if you see the worst ever list and you see a movie on that list, I'm not going to watch those movies because I've either covered them on Astro Radio Z or I'm just plain and simple not going to rewatch those movies. I'm only as of right now, there's five movies on this list. For some reason, Letterboxd has locked me out today and I can't figure out why they must be having server issues or some shit. So right now, if you go over to the Google Doc, you'll see the worst ever list and the top five movies I have on there right now. Are number one is Blackwood's Evil, just atrocious, atrocious movie that should be in all of your brains from recent memory with Astro Radio Z Uncensored. Just oh my god. Number two is Surgical, that Andy Milligan pseudo hospital comedy. Just fucking shoot me. Uh, number three, LA Zombie. The Bruce LaBruce gay, hardcore, zombie fuck flick that's two hours long. Not much of a fucking movie. Just atrocious on every level. If you want to hear about that one, head over to Podcast at Orgy Castle. We did an episode on it. Number four, my long-standing 
worst movie ever until the last year and a half where, you know, you all have proved this wrong. Um, the rats are coming. The werewolves are here. Just, oh, my God. You want to see paint dry. Watch, you know, the rats are coming. The werewolves are here. And then number five, because I can't get to my letterbox and I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Witchcraft 16. I'm going to put that in there. Holy fuck. That was that meta movie where they built up two movies of these this new trilogy that they made for, you know, $250. And then they do a meta version movie of it. You hear that? My dog's sitting here doing this thing. Hey, Kev, I'm trying to record a podcast, bro. Why don't you hold off another 15 minutes? All right? He doesn't bark. He just sits here. He looks at me like, I'm going to do what I want, asshole. That's just what he does. That's what Cheweenies, I guess, do. All right, Kev, can I record again? All right, thanks, bro. So Witchcraft 16, for lack of anything better to put on that list, this is going to expand and build. So those movies are off limits. I won't be covering them here on the worst movie ever. Now, what the worst movie ever is is up to you really this podcast will be as good as what you give me i've never done this where i've just literally opened the doors to possible torture (laughs) but as you as i said earlier i'm in a good place right now so i'm ready for this i'm actually kind of excited uh, because all, as I said, all we watch are shitty movies anyway. So why not have some fun and do a podcast about it? Amy may be coming on here from time to time to do this with me. Um, might be quite frequently, in fact, because we live together now. <laughs> so she's with me, and I and I feel really self conscious when I'm sitting here talking, and she's in the room, and she's not involved. It's just super fucking weird to me. I can't when I'm by myself. Okay, sure, I can do this. I, in general, I've never done this kind of podcast because I'm a very self conscious kind of person. I just think I sound stupid. So we'll see how this changes things. If this does change things at all, this kind of format. I've been inspired lately by a couple people that are friends of mine. That are doing shows now. Now, uh, my my good friend Brian Martinez, who you all should know on the Facebook and the All Gimmicks group and whatnot, uh, he has started his own podcast for his website Film Deviant, and his new podcast, the Film Deviant Podcast, is legitimately outside of the Rialto Report, which is the best podcast ever created. If you're not listening to it, you should be listening to it. It's a podcast about the golden era of porno chic and they go and interview all of the old porno directors and actors uh, from the 70s all the way up to the 90s and I know in the 90s that's not porno chic but you know what I mean it's just finally giving voice to some of these people that have been marginalized and everybody you know points at and looks down on uh, and giving them the opportunity to be real people and have stories And have a voice when, you know, society just hasn't given them that or any respect whatsoever. I absolutely fucking love that show. But Brian's show, and I've loved Brian for many, many years. He's a very good and dear friend. 
And hearing this podcast and hearing how, you know, heartfelt he is about not only talking about movies and movies he loves, which obviously he talks about demons a lot. If you know Brian Martinez, you know, you're going to hear, you know, incessant talk about demons, but about his thoughts of what life's like now in 2020 and where he's at on an emotional level and on a mental level. And it's been super refreshing to hear somebody be just so like laid bare on a podcast. Uh, I haven't heard that in a while. And it made me want to rethink what I've been doing with Astro Radio Z because as I've said before, and I think I said it on like the podcast where I was going to end Astro Radio Z, and I was very sincere about putting the coffin door on that thing. Where I was at in life was not a place where I felt I could do this podcast anymore. And yes, that's, you know, get me the, you know, the smallest violin and play it for me and all that bullshit. But there are times in our lives where, you know, things are a bit overwhelming and we need space and we need to sort shit out and live a little bit. And then if we feel ready to come back to it, we come back to it. And that's what ended up ultimately happening. Um, I thought it was going to be done. It wasn't. So a lot of people got back to me about that episode and told me that they wanted more stuff like that, where it's just, you know, me doing this, I guess. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. Usually I, this just is so cringy to me. I just, I, I sit and listen. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm an idiot. Who wants to hear this bullshit? Well, you do. <laughs> so we're going to try this. And I hope you guys love it. Uh, I'm going to be recommending podcasts like I did with my bud, Brian Martinez, uh, on these shows as well, because I listen to a ton of it. I go for so many walks now with my dog. He, I love him to death. He's a cute little dude. But man, that dude wants to walk all over fucking town before he takes a crap. I've never seen a dog that will hold his shit the way this dude does. We will start the walk. He'll squirt real fucking quick. Like, man, we go. He's got two, three trees that if he doesn't unload upon, his day is just ruined. So we just go straight for those trees, and I'm sure this is exactly what you wanted to hear, you know, Kevin Piss chat. But he will walk across town before he takes a shit. It's like, come on, dude. I got shit to do. I got stuff I want to accomplish. What makes you think I want to walk over fucking town wait for you to fucking empty your bowels? God damn. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. So we'll sit and talk about podcasts here, and we'll sit and talk about your worst movies ever. Bring it. I know Mel will bring it. He's been threatening me with this supposed list of movies he's got. We'll see how bad they really are. He brought Blackwood's Evil. I don't know if he's going to beat that. Really? I don't think so. But as is true in life and has been proven to me over and over and over again, there's always something worse out there always so hold on tight folks we'll be back soon we're with the worst movies ever podcast i hope you're excited 
and I hope you enjoy it. So until then, take care, people. This is Astro Radio Z and we love talking about movies with you. If you are looking for more episodes, and want to become part of the show, go to patreon.com, forward slash, Astro Radio Z and become a monthly subscriber to have access to not only over 100 plus bonus episodes of content, but a monthly bonus episode of Astro Radio Z and censored with Mark the Movie Man where you, the listener tell us what to cover on the show. Jump in. Make Astro Radio Z yours and become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. So now that you're familiar with worst movies ever, Let me introduce you to another weird little show that I've subjected myself and my listeners to over the course of the last four years of the Astro Radio Z Patreon. It is a show called Knee Jerks. The idea came about to me because at the time, three or four years ago, when I started Knee Jerks, I had MoviePass. Do you remember that thing? That little subscription-based service where you would pay $10 a month and you got to see one movie at the movie theater a day, every day. I got one of those for a while. And so I, I mean, I utilized it. I took advantage of it. I went to see just about everything. And what I would do is I'd go see the movie. Then the moment I got in my car after the movie was done, I'd hit record and record a review, a spoiler-free review for the most part, from the movie theater to my house. And the point I got to my house, the end of the episode. Sometimes it didn't net much, but sometimes it netted things like the next little clip you're about to hear, which has become legend at this point on the Astro Radio Z Patreon. My knee-jerk on the movie Winchester. Yeah, I went and saw that thing. That shows you the power that MoviePass had upon its <laughs> subscribers. We would literally go see everything. Proof is right before you now. So stick around, listen to Knee Jerks. Hopefully at some point I can get back to doing some Knee Jerk episodes. But as you know, we're in a global pandemic And I'm not a dummy. I'm not going to the movie theater. So at some point, hopefully we get to go see movies again at a movie theater. And when that happens, knee jerks will return. But until then, if you're a subscriber, you can go back and listen to all the wonderful episodes of knee jerks. So here's one of them. Prepare yourselves. This gets loud. Hello, Astro Patreons. Here we are again for another edition of Knee Jerks. Just got out of that Winchester gimmick, and I'm on my way home, and oh boy. Y'all knew 
that this was just going to be another one of those goddamn baby horror gimmicks. And goddamn it, I blame fucking Movie Pass. I am as bad as Mark the Movie Man. I went and saw this piece of shit knowing it was going to be full well. I knew it was going to be a baby horror piece of shit. And guess what? It was a baby horror piece of shit. Holy crap. I've never had to fight off falling asleep at a movie so goddamn hard. The last 40 minutes of this thing. I don't know how I kept my eyes open. Holy shit. Why am I yelling so much? Jesus Christ. First 15 minutes of this thing felt like it was interesting. I was like, holy cow, I kind of like these characters. The, it, it, the, the therapist that's sent out by the Winchester Corporation to, to check on uh, old lady Winchester and her crazy house of horrors to see if she's of sound mind. I was actually kind of caught up. It, uh, the production design was good. The acting was good. But then we show up at the Winchester house. Or I should say, AKA, the CGI house. Cause every fucking shot is CGI of the exterior. It's so bad. Oh my God. It's such, like, so blatantly obvious that it's a CGI construct for a movie that's about this humongous house. This house with hundreds of rooms. We only see six. It's a labyrinth of a house, yet we only go down four corridors. I've never seen a movie about something so big be so small. It is seriously one of the downright cheapest things I've seen in a while. It's too bad because there are aspects that are okay. There are aspects that aren't the worst thing I ever saw in my life. Some of the acting's okay. The two leads are okay. Everyone else is garbage. The main plot and the main bad guy, garbage. We watch an entire movie to find out the main bad guy is just some fucking dude. What a load of horseshit. I mean, at first, the first half hour, I'm like, okay, this, I'll, I'm hanging with this. Even though I was feeling a lot of Stephen King's It set in, where I was digging everything but the horrible jump scares, because that's all this fucking movie is! Every two seconds, there's got to be some creepy-eyed fuck jumping out going, Bleh! Some big, huge auditory stink thought I was watching the Sinister 2 trailer all over again. But I digress. 
I there's not much for me to say. I mean, seriously, if you <laughs> this is the worst part of this fucking gimmick, and it's not even a goddamn movie. I walk up to the theater. And this is far more interesting than anything I'll have to say about the goddamn movie. I'll tell you this. This is a conspiracy, goddammit. Illuminati bullshit. I walk up to the goddamn theater. I pull out my phone. I load up on the touchscreen gimmick. Winchester. It's only playing in the ultra screen. So I, I choose my one ticket nobody's going to this thing. It was an empty theater at first. I mean, more people showed up afterward. I walk up. I check in. It takes me four times to check in. Then I pay for it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Movie Pass isn't taking care of all of the bill. Wait, what? I look at the screen and it's like, nope. You still owe a dollar twenty-five. Huh? And I look, and it says yes. Movie Pass will only cover twelve dollars and twenty-five cents of this movie. Please insert a dollar twenty-five to cover the rest of the charges. I had to pay a dollar twenty-five for this goddamn gimmick, and it still was too much. Jesus, Mary, and fucking Joseph, movie pass, you fucking failed me. You failed me. The only reason I went to this is to go see it for free. And then I get in there. I'm yucking it up, texting Corey, because nobody's fucking around. People show up. And, of course, people have to sit right behind me. In every trailer, as soon as it's done, they got to let me know what they thought about the trailer. God, isn't that the fucking worst? Every single fucking trailer. Oh, that's cute. Or, uh uh-uh, nope, don't think so. Or, yeah, that's scary. Shut the fuck up! I don't care what you think about the trailers! I didn't pay $1.25 to listen to your commentary about these shitty trailers! My God. I guess the only positive thing is you get to listen to me blow out this mic. I need jerks. So, I'm sure you're sitting here listening to this, wanting to ask me, Derek, 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 of course, you were very vocal about this movie. But did you like it? Would you recommend this movie to me? Fuck no! Don't go see this gimmick. Don't pay $1.25 for this. Because I know y'all, the only reason anyone would be going to see this, and I know Seth Powell would probably go to see this goddamn gimmick, he'll pay $1.25 too. Don't do it. 
Don't get tricked into it. Don't think for a second you're going to be seeing something worth a pinch of shit. Because you ain't. Mark the movie man was dead on. He was right. He told me before the movie, man, I wouldn't pay 25 cents for that gimmick. He's right. Bowie Pass, you owe me a goddamn dollar 25, you son of a fucking bitch. Fucking Winchester, this thing. Baby whore garbage. Just garbage. <sighs> so, that's it. It's knee jerks. I'm pulling up to my house right now. Can't believe I even have a voice left after this one. So, uh, until next time, folks. Don't go see that fucking Winchester. Just don't do it. You are listening to Astro Radio Z. Good evening and welcome to Fan Film Theater, where Derek and Mark take apart a fan film found on the internet and express their joy and disappointment in it. Tonight, they will be discussing... Friday the 13th, 10, to Helen Beck. Let's see what they have for us, shall we? Welcome all you Patreons out there to the Astro Radio Z Fan Film Theater. Yes, Derek and myself, Mark the Movie Man, are going to explore the wonderful world of fan films out there on the internet, especially YouTube. And they will be films that most likely you'll be able to check out yourself. And you can find out from us if they're good, bad, or ugly, which there are all three out there on the interwebs. And I am joined, yes, by the Grand Poobah himself, Mr. Derek Carey. Hello, Derek. Derek, thank you for having me on the show. Well, of course, thank you for introducing me, the host of this show. As <laughs> <laughs> if I'm a guest. This is an idea that we came up with uh, this last week because Mark the Movie Man sent me a Friday the 13th fan film over the uh, Facebook Messenger and said, hey, we need to watch this. We need to watch this now. And it was days where you were like, you were hard selling this. <laughs> hard selling this. I mean, man, I've never seen you sell something so hard in my whole fucking life. So I was just like, one, I secretly have a collection of a lot of fan films. I would like to sit and watch them. So I think it's a, it's a fun little idea, especially Friday the 13th fan films. You all know out there my love for Friday the 13th. So I like fan films from Friday the 13th, because sometimes they take the ideas that we all sit and wish we could see in the regular films and actually put them out there. Of course, most of them are shot on consumer grade VHS camcorders or really shitty stuff. Um, they're getting a lot better now. A lot of the new fan films are astounding. Like Mark, have you ever seen some of those new star Wars fan films? Oh, yeah. Some of the new Star Wars stuff. It's just like, holy crap, what they can do with After Effects and stuff. You're just like, wow. Unbelievable. Like that, um, the Darth Maul one, the Apprentice one. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Unbelievable. It's okay. impressive, the production and stuff that people have at their fingertips now uh, that you can tell they they have a they're they're doing a fan film because they have a passion for the material that they're working on. So that comes through most of the time in the care that's taken for most of the fan films, because they know the way the Internet is and they know their fellow fans and how picky they can be. 
Yes. I don't know how picky we can really be about Friday the 13th fan films. (laughs) (laughs) We can't expect much out of them more than people that are just going to try and ape Friday the 13th films. And the one we have tonight was originally shot in 1995 and then re-edited and updated for YouTube in 2010. And this is Friday the 13th Part 10, because this was obviously shot before they made Jason X, right after Jason goes to hell. Friday the 13th Part 10 to hell and back. And what that refers to is, and obviously we all know, Friday the 13th, Jason goes to hell or just Jason goes to hell because New Line Cinema had bought the Friday the 13th franchise at that point, And they bought the name Jason, not the name Friday the 13th. Paramount Studios kept that. They owned the trademark on that. So all the New Line Cinema movies had to be called Jason in some way. And uh, this takes place after the end of Jason Goes to Hell, where we see Freddy Krueger drag Jason's mask into hell. And this movie, (laughs) shot almost entirely by kids that are attempting to act as if they're adults in big oversized jackets and bad mustaches. Uh, It's a story of the satanic group of kids that are trying attempting to resurrect Jason from hell for some unknown reason. We have no idea why they would want to do this, but they do. And they all promptly get killed. And uh, Jason comes back and starts terrorizing Crystal Lake again for the 10th time. Um, Mark compared to a real Jason movie, what did you think of Jason, Jason part 10 or Friday 13 part 10 to hell and back? Oh, there's some spirit here from the original. You could tell they were fans. I mean, there's, there's references to previous Jason's throughout the film, namely the soundtrack, which uh, I believe you mentioned most of that was from, I believe what uh, part six. Yeah. They use the redux. I believe is when they not only up it to be able to go to 1080 on YouTube, they must've gone through and did a full sound mix mm-hmm. on this thing in which they not only did a sound design on like, uh, like ambient noise effects, sound effects, but also a full score along with some of the soundtrack music. <clears throat> and the vast majority of it came from Friday 13th, part six, Jason lives. Right. And I will say it has the spirit and you can you can see an actual Friday the 13th film in here. It's just that they were limited in many ways with what they could do. And as we said, this is a very young crew of Friday the 13th fans putting this fan film together. Uh, So, you know, for for what it is, I, I I enjoyed it, especially it starts off really strong. I think you and I talked about this and in this film actually does start off strong, but after I think the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so of this, uh, it's almost an hour and 27 minutes. It it does start to drag a little bit, but I think the spirit and, and what they were trying to go for felt like, there is a Friday the 13th film in here. I think it just starts to get lost as the film goes on because of their limitations. Oh, 100% the video quality alone, because the vast majority of this movie takes place at night, Mm -hmm. just renders everything moot. 
Like once it turns night, because the film, I think what we're referring to is it being good is the first half was all it all took place during the day. Right. And then once we get to the point where we're introduced to the group of kids that are the main group of kids that we follow to get terrorized by Jason, the film just dies flat. Because then instead of it being this weird, quirky, um, kind of strange <laughs> film, like they try their hardest to make this be like canon, like it's shot and filmed in that same kind of way that the like the regular Friday 13th films are where we have long master shots of the nature. People just kind of walk along. It's not briskly paced and it works to its favor in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But once we get to the vast majority of the cast who are clearly 14, 15, 16 years old, they ju- it just dies. The film just dies. And Mark and I literally kept turning the speed up mm-hmm. every 10 minutes. <laughs> it is too bad because really the Jason is kind of creepy looking, even though he is a kid and is way too skinny to be a Jason in any of these movies but um he looked kind of cool but the kills are mostly bloodless and because the quality of the video is so bad you can't really tell what's going on at all that unfortunately the whole section at night which is the vast majority of the movie kind of stinks yeah and again it's it's you you can feel what they were trying to go for it's just the limit of their 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 budget i mean we 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 our favorite shot on video, as we mentioned uh, in previous episode uh, for Redneck Zombies, most of those shots are actually during the day or during, you know, kind of dusk. There's really no night shots because of the limitations of what they were shooting on. And here, I think had they kept it a little bit lighter uh, during the day and, you know, for whatever, just turn down your brightness on your SVHS camera if you want or something. Um, I think it would have worked more. And, and, but the fact you can't see what's going on in that, it becomes a detriment. The, the production value becomes a detriment to what they're trying to go for, because you can tell they're putting their all in trying to make the next Friday, the 13th film, because these kids at that time thought it was done. You yeah. Know? And, and they really, truly had their heart in continuing this and again i i loved the spirit and the kid you know the oversized jackets were great the mustaches um, man the, <laughs> the mustache on the one guy i'm like oh wow you know he he's got more hair on his lip than you know probably elsewhere uh but yeah, that just got really creepy, Mark. It got creepy. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I meant that in his chest. Jeez, you people. Uh, but no, it's it's one of those things where I think with a better production value, you you probably have something that is uh, a little bit more stand out. But unfortunately, it does falter after those 20 minutes where it gets to dark. Yeah, and it doesn't really come back until the end. After we think the movie's done and Jason's dead, it goes back to a daytime sequence where we go to the cops that are obviously kids with bad, like, glued-on mustaches and huge aviator sunglasses walking around the woods, and then the film gets incredibly fucking dark. Oh, yeah. 
It, yeah. It's a good ending. I think this movie, and you kind of made reference to this as we were watching it. I think this movie could have been trimmed down. It could have been a cool little, maybe like half hour long sequel. You know, it could have been a cool little fan film, but it's just too long. Yep. If it was shorter, if it was a half hour fan film, and especially with that dark ending that it has. Um, yeah, I think it would have been a lot solider than trying to make a, a full feature. And again, these are people who are just, they love the film and they're trying to do something and, and learning along the way, as you could tell. And uh, yeah, you know, it's there, there is good stuff in here. I think um, you, you just have to muddle through some of the stuff where it gets a little long with their conversations about Halloween 37 and such. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> so I think the point of uh, fan film theaters, we're going to keep these episodes pretty short. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and let's, let's give this film a raised pinky or a lowered pinky. <laughs> so raised pinky obviously means this is a refined fan film that you should watch and a lowered pinky me- means just gulp that shit down and move on. It is. This isn't that great of a fucking movie. So, Mark, is this a raised pinky or a lower pinky on, on uh, Friday the 13th Part 10 to hell and back? Uh, if it was shorter, I would say raised pinky. But unfortunately, I have to go lower pinky. It starts out strong, but it just ends up uh, falling because of production. But I think your enjoyment's going to really hinge on how big of a Friday the 13th fan you are with mm-hmm. me. I love watching these fan films, these Friday the 13th ones. The good ones are really fun and they they call back a lot to some of the, the films and they explore characters and themes that just kind of don't get explored very much in the films themselves. This had some pretty fun little sequences. I love the fact that the vast majority of the score was all um, from part six. There were references from many of the movies. And I know Mark probably got annoyed with me saying, oh, that that was from part seven. That was from part six. This was from part two. (laughs) I've watched these movies a number of times. It's amazing. I've never done a a full actual Radio Z episode on any of these, but I I have standards. And I know many, many other people have already done it. So why, why should I? There's no point in that. We'd rather talk about more witchcraft films on that fucking thing. But uh, I I would say I got to agree. This is a lower pinky, even though there's a great sequ- the great like seance sequence where the kids are reciting lines directly from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was was quite humorous. But ultimately, at an hour and 27 minutes, this thing is just way too long. Way too long. So I would I would love to see the makers make a really shortcut of this. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool, but that'll never happen. <laughs> so yeah. as of right now, I will, too, give this a lowered pinky on fan film theater. So, Mark, next uh, next episode, what franchise would you like to explore on fan film theater? Oh, geez. I don't know. Uh, let's go with the other big named one and uh, look for a Nightmare on Elm Street fan film. That's not a porno. All right. So listeners, Patreons, next episode, we'll try and find a Nightmare on Elm Street fan film out there. And we'll bring this to fan film theater. Thank you for joining us on fan film theater. 
Tune in again next time where Derek and Mark discuss yet another film where Mark might say, Eve got more hair on his lip than, you know, probably elsewhere. Thank you. Goodbye. This is Astro Radio Z and we love talking about movies with you. If you are looking for more episodes and want to become part of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z and become a monthly subscriber to have access to not only over 100 plus bonus episodes of content, but a monthly bonus episode of Astro Radio Z and censored with Mark the Movie Man where you, the listener tell us what to cover on the show. Jump in. Make Astro Radio Z yours and become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. The Sleeper by Edgar Allan Poe At midnight in the month of June I stand beneath the mystic moon An opiate vapor, dewy, dim Exhales from out her golden rim And, softly dripping, drop by drop Upon the quiet mountaintop Steals drowsily and musically Into the universal valley The rosemary nods upon the grave The lily lulls upon the wave Wrapping the fog about its breast, the ruin molders into rest. Looking like Lethe, see, the lake, a conscious slumber seems to take and would not, for the world, awake. All beauty sleeps, and lo, where lies Irene and her destinies. O lady bright, can it be right? This window open to the night? The wanton airs from the treetop, Laughingly through the lattice drop. The bodiless airs, a wizard rout, Flit through thy chamber in and out, And wave the curtain canopy, So fitfully, so fearfully, Above the closed and fringed lid, Neath which thy slumbering soul lies hid. That, o'er the floor and down the wall, Like ghosts the shadows rise and fall. O lady dear, hast thou no fear? Why and what art thou dreaming here? Sure thou art come o'er far-off seas, A wonder to these garden trees. Strange is thy pallor, strange thy dress, Strange above all. Thy length of tress and this all solemn stillness. This lady sleeps, O oh, may her sleep, which is enduring, be so deep. Heaven have her in its sacred keep. This chamber changed for one more holy, this bed for one more melancholy. I pray to God that she may lie forever with unopened eye, while the pale sheeted ghosts go by. My love, she sleeps. Oh, may her sleep as it is lasting be so deep. Soft may the worms about her creep. 
Far in the forest, dim and old, for her may some tall vault unfold. Some vault that as oft has flung its black and winged panels fluttering back, triumphant o'er the crested palls of her grand family funerals. Some sepulchre, remote, alone, against whose portal she hath thrown in childhood many an idle stone, some tomb from out whose sounding door shall ne'er stand force and echo more. Thrilling to think, poor child of sin, it was the dead who groaned within. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Welcome to another Astro Radio Z Outtakes episode. This one, taken from episode 105, has a couple clips in it. First, the boys talk about gearing up for the horror porn parody episode and the new Puppet Master trailer that was dropped. Next, they talk about how they are going to handle the Ghoul Summer episode on the Traces of Death series. For me, it was uh, I was at a, at a friend's place last night, and they're like, "Oh, there's storms going. I don't think I can drive you back. Uh, can you stay?" I'm like, "No, I have to watch a couple more of these things. <laughs> I gotta watch porn. I have porn to watch." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I can try to bring it up on your Plex. I don't think it's gonna work." <laughs> so my Plex was gone most of the weekend. Yeah. Well, uh, wait, well, wait, well, wait. I mean, this was just last. Wait a Since second. Last night. Yes, go ahead. You have a friend in Minnesota who is scared to drive in a summer storm. Yeah. What the fuck is that about? What kind, what kind <laughs> of mandy pandies are they raising? It's, it's up an, there? It, no, no, no. It's no. It, it's totally legit. It's an honest condition. It's an honest condition. So okay. yeah. It's <laughs> it, don't make yeah. It's uh. But yeah, it's like no, so so I'm like nope. I gotta get home. I had to go home. I get home. I'm like okay. I gotta uh, uh, unwind first. So I'll, I'll watch an hour of Johnny Sacco, and then I'll watch <laughs> this, and I'll watch Walking Dead. <laughs> and then this morning, I had said I still have to watch the edit of same one you had to watch, Derek. I had to still I had to watch Texas Dildo Masquerade this morning. So like like a criminal. I like locked my the, the door to my room, like so you know the you know make sure that the kid and put, I, I, hooked, I I was in the dark. I hooked up the uh, the headphones to the TV because I didn't want like any like 
thing to dr- any noise to drift out like w- where like the kids could hear <laughs> you know because you know it's just not appropriate yeah. and um it's and i'm just like sitting the there door. like a with a little with a little notebook <laughs> just <laughs> I wish I had a picture of that. I wish there was somebody that was taking a video. I, I somebody walks in and you that. Someone yes. walking in on him hunched over a TV with headphones and a notebook watching porn. Yeah, yep. exactly. Instead of him beating off, he all they see is him scribbling and it looks like he's beating off. Scribbling is so illegible. It's just so illegible. It's just like I'm dedicated to my craft, damn it. <laughs> Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful image. Um, <laughs> all right. I have a feeling we're going to give away all our good material. So are you boys ready? Oh, no, not even close. When are we doing the episode on uh, the next Puppet Master <laughs> Shut the oh. fuck up, Mark. Did you see that Hopefully trailer? That trailer Remember, I'm not doing the episode until both of those movies are I know. out. I know. That you trailer pissed me off. All that money they raised, and man, I watched that trailer going, really? It's for the CG. No. Yeah. You mean, oh, is that CG, or were that just guys in large golf suits against oh, and, don't, and don't forget what the trailer shows happening to our, the characters that they've oh. told us to invest in for the last two movies. Yeah, they pull a Kincaid. Yeah. Yep. Oh, there's Leech Woman though. She's that back. just no. I I saw that. I'm like, oh. I'm like, I'm, I'm immediately. I'm against this movie. Leech it's Woman against footage, machine sure. gun. Leech Woman against machine gun tits. There you go. I have a feeling that a good seventy five percent of this movie is stock footage. A couple of yeah. those shots. A couple of the shots of, of uh, the driller uh, of him. There were stock footage shots in that trailer. Of course. I was showing, should I was, shock no one. I was telling a guy um, in this game store uh, just yesterday. I was wearing my Puppet Master shirt, and I was telling, and he's like, "Oh, Puppet Master, I love some of those movies." <laughs> <laughs> some of those movies. I know. He was like, yeah, that I love those movies. And then we're like, "I'm like, well, yeah." I'm like, "Yep, verse three are really good." And he's like, "Yeah, after three, you know, and after he's really after five is when there's just they're just worthless." I'm like, "Yep, you really need to hear our show." I told him about the show. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's he says, funny. did you see that new trailer? I'm like, oh, God, yes. It's awful, Mark, isn't it? He's Mark's like, been trying to trigger me for the last three days. I've been ignoring <laughs> his messages because he's been trying here's to thing, trigger me. Here's the thing is that I um, I have not. Yeah, you were looking forward to oh, the shut the fuck up, Mark. tackling the Puppet Master ones, too. It's a funny thing. Is that... I kind of was triggering you by, like, teasing you whenever the when there was news on the witchcraft the last three witchcraft movies which i immediately regretted upon watching them you aren't the only one <laughs> scott you aren't the only one trust and me. i was triggered he's like oh he's getting on me and now mark's doing this with you for uh puppet master you know what's next is that glenn has to like just start like like sending you anonymous phone calls and just like Vice Academy 7 comes nope. out in February. Glenn, Glenn would not do that to me. Glenn would not do that to me. I would hope that he would call me, he would get a hold of me to let me know there's new Howling movies. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. 
<laughs> they like freaking holding. Hold, I, I think you're. I think you're already getting getting ready for tonight's show. If you're calling it the holding, howling. <laughs> it'd, it'd be like that scene in Scream. Do you like Vice Academy movies, Derek? <laughs> you like sex, violence, freaks of nature. <laughs> oh yes, I like cornholing. Grandpa, Grandpa's the best anal guy we know. He's the best. <laughs> oh, we gotta save this for the show. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh. Glenn, you ready, dude? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. Glenn, he's the best. He's the best anal guy. No, best anal guy. I am not looking forward to this, so I'm going to present this to the group. I want to, I want to try and find an interesting angle on how to watch these movies without wanting to slip my own throat. I had thought um, maybe each movie. The emphasis would be what is what is the most soul crushing <laughs> scene in the movie, and what is one more aspect? And we put it out to the group. How do you approach movies such as Traces of Death? Because obviously they are shockumentary clip shows, so there's no story to any of this. What would be an entertaining way to actually sit and approach these movies, Scott? Do you have any ideas? Yeah, turn the speed on to triple play and mute it and play yakety sax. Oh, you beat me back to it. Do <laughs> it. I was going to say. That how am I supposed to talk about that? That's not, yeah, to watch just, it. That's just, what, just, that, yeah. what, that is exactly what will happen. I here's, will watch it like that. Here's the <laughs> thing is that my, uh, I used to have a job where my job, a very large part of my job was to purposely get a hold of the most um, sensationalistic and explicit video from the local news crews that I could. And I used to have to go through it and edit it. I don't envy you at all, man. I, cause that job just about like killed my soul. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not lying. I, I don't like, I love like, just like the adult things. I know it's all fantasy horror. I know it's all fantasy. Uh, and even, you know, even the faces of death movies I can watch because aside from a couple of shots and the, uh, animal scenes, it's all fantasy. Uh, it's not real. The traces of death, from what I understand, are the real deal. Oh, they are and, 100% uh, the real deal. I'm not. Uh, it's really not my thing. I mean, I, it, it really it, that stuff really uh, hits me. So how do you do it? Uh, just say, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'd say have uh, Amanda, who I know has a medical background, monitor you. And say, by this time, I was on this drink. And by this time, I was on this drink. This is what I had to do to get through this segment. This is what I got to get do to get through this segment. And Facebook users, I'm sending you all the medical bill. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. Well, Mark the Movie Man's been very excited about this episode. Ever since it was announced, he's been like, can we watch it yet? Let's do this. I'm ready for this. Let's go. I've actually seen two of these movies. Mark, have you seen any of these movies? I have not. Oh, my dear gosh. 
I am wondering if maybe because I don't know if I can watch all five of these movies this week. I just don't know how I would ever do it. You have to do them all in one week. Well, that was the series. We were talking about the series. Maybe maybe we just do one through three. Ooh, wow. That's a lot of misery to compound into a week, buddy. I'm not lying. Mark, what are your thoughts on this? Whatever you want to do, it's your show. You want to just do three? Let's do three. I'm ready to be broken. That's the junk food diner, guys. Well, they already, they're already looking at me like, you're fucking crazy. What are you doing? What are you doing? Really? Because so, that surprises me because I've heard that in them. And it's like, yeah, I thought they'd be more game. Oh, no, they don't want to watch this shit. <laughs> Maybe, why don't you just like, do it with just one of them? <laughs> That's some pussy shit. Okay, Three. I was gonna say like you know if, if you're like no, I need to do this. I need to do no. This. If we're doing we're doing Ghoul Summer, we're gonna go full bore, dude. This ain't gonna be some okay. anyway shit. That's you then, man. That's all. That's that's all you. Then just I don't know. Go go all balls deep in that. Then you know it's well. it's it that's that's your show. But I would say like yeah, I think that I don't know what your constitution is. Your constitution is probably a lot stronger than mine i would probably be more like i it's gonna take me i'm gonna and when this is done i'm gonna be like need somebody to give me a hug (laughs) 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 i'm not kidding i did i would really need that i would need to see people and need to be reminded that there is light in the world (laughs) afterwards well there i know there are a few scenes because i've seen the first two movies i've had them for ever since i was 17 on vhs on a dub um i've only ever watched them a couple times and that's when i was like a hardcore gore fiend and um you know that time where you're just a a kid and you're you want to see edgy shit you know you're an edgy gore master um and then, you know, as I've gotten older, that's the kind of stuff I don't want to watch. But yeah, same here. It's uh, Mark. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think let's just do one through three. OK, let's just do that. And if people want the rest of them, maybe we do a bonus episode for the Astro Patreons where we do the last Patreon. two. Patreon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we, I'll need time because, God damn it, this is my birthday week. I don't want to waste know. it watching fucking five Traces of Death movies. You don't want to do that. It's like, happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's, it's like, the, it's, and, um, what is that? The death clock song. Happy, happy day. Happy birthday. Death day. Yeah, no, happy birthday. We're all going to die. Yo, I got to I gotta drop off, guys. All right. Later, dude. <laughs> yeah, later. Fun. <laughs> just, oh. just like you crying as you're trying to blow out the candles. I don't want to see that. Oh, Poor my guy. God. As you can tell, the content and the direction of a lot of the stuff that we host on the Patreon is all over the place. And that may be some of the reason why Astro Radio Z has become what it is. It's no longer just me setting up a microphone and talking with my friends about movies. It's all sorts of weird shit. 
it all came from the Patreon. So I hope you've enjoyed a lot of this. Now we're going to get to the last two episodes here on the show for you to check out. First thing, at the beginning of this episode, you heard me give you the primer of what Worst Movies Ever was. Now I'm giving you a full episode of Worst Movies Ever with my girlfriend Amy and myself talking about perhaps the worst trauma movie I've ever seen called Actium Maximus War of the Alien Dinosaurs. Every once in a while, Amy comes on to join me to watch these really awful, terrible movies. I can't stress to you how awful the vast majority of these movies are. It's my hope, though, in watching all of these movies that people give me. I don't just produce this podcast to be an asshole. I produce the podcast because I genuinely love really shitty movies, especially trauma stuff. So I'm always looking for new trauma stuff to to bring on and watch. Our good bud, Blade Braxton, brought us perhaps the hardest thing I've had to sit through outside of Mel House giving me Blackwood's evil. Oh, my God. You want to hear that episode? Go to the Patreon (laughs) and listen to it. That was rough. That was so fucking rough. But but almost there is episode 27 of Worst Movies Ever. I hope you guys enjoy. Did I tell you to get that retro-sized bull into the female by the end of this week? If they don't have a female every week, they could die in the Grand Automaton Pit for 20 million for that one. Worst movies ever. If they don't know, they better act like it. Wow! Oh, yeah, yeah! Just call you Wingve. It's Ingve, please. What did I say? You said Wingve. I did not! You said Wingve. Baloney, I said Ingve. We can roll back the tape. Do it right now. Do it right now. Wingve. Just call you Wingve. I want us to sound good here. This is a very serious podcast that we're producing. Yep. If this doesn't record, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Listeners, did I ever tell you how much Amy likes it when the podcast fucks up? Because it happened multiple times in a row. I was about to quit. There was like, when was it? It was like a few months ago where we had like three podcasts we tried to do and they fucked up all completely. I think we had two that completely didn't record. At least one of us, if not both of us. And one where my voice like doubled weird all over the place. and yeah we did one of the times we did two episodes in a row that yeah. deleted that word garbage you were just straight up trash oh, audio was, trash uh, i had a lot of issues i had for this is going to be super interesting to my listeners who don't give a fuck they just want to hear the <laughs> podcast 
I had an audio interface and uh, Avid Mbox from work that was just literally shitting the bed and it would just fuck everything up on the computer, on the sound card, on everything. And until I got this this new um IO device, the this Focusrite yeah. Scarlet, it was a crapshoot. That's why, you know, the productivity went down. That's why the sound of a lot of my podcasts went to shit. I was just struggling with fucking something that should have been so easy. You just plug in a microphone, you fucking rock and roll. Yeah, and every like other Yngwie, time. Like Ingve mm. Malmsteen. It's what I said. Check your ears. Here. Let me let me give you another taste of my my great Ingve mm. um impersonation. Are you ready? Sure. That's his guitar. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sounds just like him. <laughs> and his singer does nothing but that's well, you, all he does. You nailed that part. Yeah. Yeah. No. So one of the episodes that didn't record the first time was the twin brother clown movie. Who, which was Blade, Bra- which is Blade Braxton's favorite movie. Yeah, I'm aware. That one, it, it was so fun to me because you didn't know how much I hated it till that episode. And then and we had didn't to re- record and I had to like. We had to recreate it. <laughs> People love that episode, but that's a recreation. That's well, that's right. acting. Well, I, well, no, I feel the way I feel about that episode, but it wasn't like a surprise to you. I enjoyed how surprised you were the first time. Well, tonight, nothing should be a surprise to either one of us. Speaking of Blade Braxton, and this is what's called a segue in the business, Amy. You're such a professional. Every episode. I'm a perfectionist is what they yeah. call me. Derek Perfectionist Carry. <laughs> I don't know what to say right now. Okay. So anyways, this episode is a Blade Braxton pick. We oh, Does he have any more on there? No, that's this is literally oh. the only one that he wanted us to do, and but, it's been okay. on there since the beginning of this podcast, and he has been <laughs> so excited, oh. Amy, for you in particular to watch this movie. Oh, wow. Thanks, buddy. So wow. excited. He keeps he kept texting me, Derek, when are you guys going to do that <laughs> Actium Maximus episode? You got to watch this. You got to watch this. I can't even remember the name. And you just said it again to me right now. Actium Maximus, War of the Planet of the Dinosaurs. I don't quite remember what. Let's do the research, as they say. As we're on. How come this happens every time? Hey, what was that movie we watched for the episode again? Oh, yeah, that's the title, right? I think. I don't know. Let me look it up. I almost got it right. It's Actium Maximus, War of the Alien Dinosaurs. Okay, sure. Made in 2005, even though you wouldn't know it watching it. It looks like it was made in 1984. 2005. 2005, this thing was made. And the only way you and I are going to be able to do a plot synopsis for this movie is to read one. No, I got it. You have it? You understand? Okay. Well, anyways, we broke the mold of the normal route of things here on uh, Worst Movies Ever. Because usually... Every five episodes we would take from the other tier list. But I presented to Amy. It was one of the various nights. And because she is a beautiful, enchanting, charming lady and also extremely pregnant. And I want to make her happy. <laughs> I, let her, <laughs> I let her choose the movie that we were going to watch. And none of the ones on the list for um, 
the the twenty five dollar tier appealed to her at all. No, not that day. It was like, I don't know. It was a long day. It was a long day. And we had three that we chose from. There was, I forget, one was called Plush, which we, it's a Hillary pick. no. Some emo band bullshit (gasps) that we actually have watched a half hour of. And who knows when we'll ever finish that movie. It took us like two or three times to watch 30 minutes. And 10 minute chunks (laughs) we've been watching Plush, Hillary. Just letting you know, that movie, we may get to it in episode 100. Eventually we may get to... To talk oh. about plush, because that is a ripe piece of shit. And that's a tough one to sit through. I forgot what the third one was, but Axiom Maximus was definitely one of them, mostly because the title sounded so stupid. And I told you it was a Blade Braxton pick, and he's really been trying to grease the wheels to get this thing going. Well, yeah. And the cover was kind of funny. And it's a trauma movie. And it this was is short. The first official tra- yeah, it's a first official trauma movie on the worst movies ever. Not a trauma produced movie, but a pickup. Well, yeah. Well, usually we like those movies. So, yeah. so usually we like those movies. Usually we do. So we're going to do something interesting here tonight. You you claim you have a plot synopsis already. You concocted it all in your head. It's only about a sentence. It, we're going to go against the plot <laughs> synopsis they have here on IMDb.com when I did the research and I brought oh, it up. Right so now. let's see how close they are. So. Amy, will you please tell the listeners this amazing epic magnum opus that Blade Braxton has presented us tonight here, Axiom Maximus, War of the Alien Dinosaurs. What is the plot of this thing? Well, there is a robot king made out of cardboard boxes. (laughs) Yes, this is true. Who's in charge of this battle between creatures that are made out of petrified turds glued to a sock puppet. (laughs) This is also true. And they are (laughs) tech supposed to be fighting each other, but they just are kind of like double and tripled on the screen walking near each other. (laughs) This may be the greatest plot I've ever heard. It's all true. It's all true. It's about it. Well, and then there's this like guy who keeps going to the zoo and other planets for weird stringy creatures. He's collecting the creatures for the Actium Maximus, which is the gladiatorial arena in the post-apocalyptic hellscape of this other planet. That the cardboard robot king is making happen. Yep. Kind of like the running man. In the distant future and on this planet, the Actium Maximus, this gladiatorial sport between these petrified turd sock monsters. <laughs> this is what the everybody watches. They are controlled. The, the overlord of this planet, which is that cardboard Holy box fuck. guy that talks a bunch of nonsense that you never understand. Mm-mm. He's controlling the, the populace via this gladiatorial sport. Right. And the best part probably is that they caption parts of the movie like the robot guys talking. You can't understand it, but it'll it'll have it up there. And even when you read the sentences, they, they're gibberish sentences. And then it will like stop for a while as if he's speaking clearly enough that we don't need to read the gibberish. So we're good. I never I don't even think I got a full sentence 
the whole time. Oh, Amy, we'll get to comprehension and understanding when we get to the bad section okay. of this movie. Let's let's compare our plot synopsis <laughs> to what is written here on imdb.com. And I have a feeling it's not going to, they're not going to gel very what? well there. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. The wretched colony world of Actium is crumbling under the ego of its dictator, Grand Automaton Polpox. <laughs> Rebel Laphodites, a religious minority, are being exterminated in a government-run campaign, and to distract the citizenry, Polpox has put on a grand carnival, the, an Actium Maximus where alien dinosaurs fight to the death in a gigantic coliseum. Space hunter Axon is commissioned to scout the furthest reaches of the galaxy for new combatants. He and his new crew find much more than bloodthirsty monsters on their quest, however. They also discover a secret that could alter life in the galaxy forever. What? What was the secret? Who the fuck knows? This is baloney. That's not, that's no. This is the plot. No, it's not. That is absolutely the plot. That is absolutely the plot. The ending is not true because what was the secret? I didn't know some secret because they they died by some by getting vomited on by a a turd spire. (laughs) Well, right. But but okay, hold on. Everything else you just read, like you feel from watching the movie, you could just tell that spiel like that's what what happened. Reading that. Made whatever the fuck we watch make more sense. Oh, you're not that. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because that movie is fucking <laughs> nonsense. I yeah. So before we get into breaking this thing down, Actium Maximus, War of the a- Alien Dinosaurs, one of the most incomprehensively shitty movies I've ever watched ever in my life. Yeah. Do you think this deserves to be on a list of the worst movies ever? Yeah, like at the top of it. Like beats out most of the bad ones we've watched so far. Wow. Oh, if it weren't for the fact that this movie is incomprehensible, you in at no point understand a single thing anyone's saying. You at no point understand a single thing of the plot that's going on in this thing. I or, might I might say that I would like this because it has enough shitty it, it is so cobbled together and it's so ridiculous that usually I would like something like this. But for what was this like an hour and ten minutes yeah. at most? You and I just checked the clock the entire time. I really tried to pay attention to this movie. I don't know why. It was I don't know, impossible. Like if it was the petrified turd monsters or what it was, but there was something I was like, okay, this is really like pretty silly. It what, is, what silly is this? You and I would usually dig a movie like right. this. But like I remember catching myself straining, like trying to read these fucking gibberish words and like the pictures that I really didn't know what was on the screen. Yep. And I was just trying over and over. And I remember it multiple times being like, Derek, what? Yeah, if, what? If, if, this movie were 50, if this movie were 15 minutes long, 
you and I would be heralding this. This would be an amazing motion picture. <sighs> At an hour and 10 minutes long, this absolutely is one of the worst movies I've ever watched. This is going on the list of the worst movies ever because this is an extreme oh, pile of shit. Oh, my God. I don't even think 15 minutes of the movie. Like, I don't even I can't even pick out 15 minutes. I understood. Or no. could even like say, well, this part is if if it was just this, I'd like no. This movie literally okay. We let's not get to it until we get to the bad of this movie, which is going to be almost all of it. Let's break it down the way we always break it down: the good, the bad, and the what the fuck. Do you have any goods for this movie? Um, <laughs> I I really wanted to like this movie. The. Uh, a little, a little bit, like a couple of times, the <laughs> ridiculousness of the cardboard robot king, like the every for like a few seconds, a couple of times, it was like, <laughs> what is, where is its mouth? What's going on? How's it talking? Well, this is the king. Like there were little teeny times. I right. thought that that's it. Mostly I hated that guy. Yeah. That's it. Well, because he just talked nonstop. And and I really I could never understand it. Like I part of it is that they gave like the characters names were things that I couldn't pronounce. And then when they'd say them like I could it was because they it, affected like, the voices. All of the voices uh, were put through like phasers and extreme reverb and harmonizers to the point that it would like the, all of the dialogue was unintelligible. Well, right. So they would start talking and I'd catch a couple words and then they'd start with these character names. And I would get to a point of like, I am pretty sure I understand the English language. <laughs> like, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be in English. Like, <laughs> but just couldn't could not i couldn't grasp it i couldn't understand any of the stuff they were saying okay so that your only good is that at one point the the cardboard box leader he sort of appealed to you i think in the beginning when i was like that's the guy in charge right <laughs> like when, but then it just crashed <laughs> okay so what i have for the good ah <sighs> The movie starts out with a super long text credit reel in 15 different fonts set to this glorious Hesher metal song, all done by Mark Hicks. His name pops up 15 million times. This movie is obviously a passion project for a sci-fi fan. He loved Ray, Ray Harryhausen and he loved Star Trek. And this movie is those things smashed together on 15 cents. Tell me how. I, I don't see that. Okay. This is how we're going to tie this together. Half of this movie is about budget Fred Vogel. This guy that is <laughs> that looks like low budget filmmaker Fred Vogel in a leather outfit, flying the universe, going to somebody's backyard, which is supposed to be you know, another planet right. searching for monsters to put in the Wait, gladiatorial. Is that the spot. guy with the big jacket? Yes. That's the guy oh, with the big I jacket. I forgot. I like this jacket. Axum. That's his name is Axum in this. Okay. That is straight up Star Trek. Like though they're going to other planets, mundane planets and trying to, you know, find stuff. That's I'm glad Star you Trek. explain that because I mean, I like the old Star Trek episodes. They're kind of funny to me, but yeah. this was done so poorly. 
I wouldn't have connected that. It's bullshit. That never would have. I would have never got that out of this. Amy, he was literally in scenes with another human. They were filmed at totally separate times and they comped the size of the people in the same scene varied so much because they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> at no point was it believable. It was, well, it was the like, lady in the pleather outfit went from being a normal size human to like someone two feet tall shot to shot. I know. I know. And you, you're like thinking they're, oh, they're in the same room. They are. Are they? Wait, where are they not in the same room? <laughs> Is she a different size? Where the did boiler, she go? Yeah, the boiler room uh, cockpit. That turned into like the place in the end where they discovered because they put like some fake vines in it. Yeah. 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 Oh. So anyways, <laughs> surprisingly enough, that was director Mark Hicks. <laughs> you don't say. So anyway, so that's the Star Trek part. The Ray Harryhausen part. And you know who Ray ha- Harryhausen is, correct? Uh Remind. He is the gentleman that uh, pioneered all uh, a lot of the stop motion animation techniques that we know today. Clash of the Titans, Jason and the Argonauts, oh, okay. thing, movies like this. He's a famous filmmaker that made stop motion ma- animation super famous. And all of the gladiatorial petrified turd sock monsters that are just horribly comped and duplicated over and over, over a still definitely wanted to be stop motion. Ray Harryhausen. Okay. Wait a minute. I think you're trying to give these people some credit. I'm trying to show influences and it's (laughs) obvious, you know, regardless of whether or not they accomplished these goals, that is one hundred thousand percent where that came. from. I don't agree. They had, it was just a picture of the turd dinosaur monster. And then they like had one next to it that was there was like a purple screen over it. And Sweet. it was just like it they didn't whether they accomplished it or not doesn't matter when it comes to the influence that they took from was definitely Ray Harry. With stop motion animation, you think you would see that like the foot kind of moved. It was kind of like step by step. This was just like a picture of the thing kind of shaking. Well, yeah, shook it's it terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Every, everything <laughs> that they did was absolutely terrible. So let's get back to the good before we, because all we're doing is focusing on how bad this movie is. The stock, the sock monsters, stop motion, and the monsters locked up in what obviously was a local abandoned zoo that they just photoshopped in the background but it was like a stringy thing like what was the monster even i don't know because it's so pixelated there's no way you could tell what the fuck anything was in this movie but i still found them extremely charming okay bootleg bootleg fred vogel axum is a badass in this movie oh come on what what do you mean what is your definition of badass (laughs) compared to anything else in the movie there's only two humans in this entire movie well actually no that's not true because there are some slaves of the the cardboard box monster or it's his son or something i don't know i don't know you can't know what the relationship is between any of these characters because it's all nonsense but compared to everyone else he was supposed to be like a, a fucking Rugger Hauer level badass yeah, in this honey, movie. Honey, he was wearing like 
a maternity lady's leather jacket. <laughs> like it was all flowy at the bottom. <laughs> and like, what do you mean? What was this badass persona? Okay, you just look like a badass. Um, <laughs> the box alien makes citizens wear a T-shirt of himself from Teespring halfway through this movie. <laughs> and and I thought have, that was hilarious. Didn't they have printed out like papers of him too? Yeah. 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 Uh, Terrible, okay. terrible. The spaceships are toys from Walgreens. It's so good. Okay. I, I did like one of the spaceships. They're well, the, they were like glued together to make a weird ship, weren't they? These space sequences where ships are flying past screen, Star Trek, Star Wars style, look like what you produced with your grandma's or your mom's vhs camcorder back in the day with your toys it is amazing from 2005 from 2005 remember 2005 so that's all i got for good that's all i got for good the bad which we've already started talking about the effects are so bad in this movie that you barely know what's going on the green screen puppets the green screen is so horribly keyed that it it is pixelated to a point that it renders everything unintelligible on screen. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of blobs duplicated, the same blob duplicated over and over and over again, supposedly munching on things. You cannot tell what the fuck any of it is. Mm-hmm. Any of it. Well, and some of these turd monsters just are real slimy. <laughs> like, they're just like... <laughs> Like they have mouths like those things from Sesame Street that yep, 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 yep. yep. You know, and then they're like, Bleh. just like, look at I have slime in my teeth. I think they're supposed to be eating each other. No, there were body people. people parts on the ground or people pooped on the ground or something. Remember? Oh, oh my God. It's so <laughs> terrible. Um, You can't even. I can't read even. I don't even understand you, what this note is. Did you write it in Actium Maximus I language? Must have, <laughs> because one of my notes is I only understand five percent of the dialogue in this movie. Well, that's what we talked about. That we literally, we, whether they're just speaking or the captions are up for us to read, we cannot understand what they're talking no, about. It's endless, ridiculous, made-up gibberish words. Yeah, for There's, like an hour. For like an hour and 10 minutes, nonstop gibberish words. We had talked about on a regular episode of Astro Radio Z, this movie that Mel House had sent us called Conversations with an Alien. And we thought that was just absolute gibberish for (laughs) this movie is literally gibberish for an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. Like at no point did I understand what they were saying no. or or what the plot was or any of the relationships between any of the creatures or anything, because it is not in as Amy had said, there's fucking subtitles for a good 60, 70 percent of this movie. So they obviously knew that you couldn't understand what the fuck was going on because they had affected the voices to a point. You can't understand what they are. And it's just a bunch of gibberish. And I was legitimately reading the words because I wanted to know what was happening and it didn't help. It's like you just looked at the screen sideways because you weren't sure what you were looking at. And a bunch of nonsense 
speak was happening. For an hour, for 10 minutes, I was putting up with it. 20 minutes, I was becoming fatigued. <laughs> 40 minutes, I was fucking annoyed. Oh, yeah. And I just turned off my brain. And at that point, just was vacuously watching this and hoping that it would end. Well, at I, some rem- point. I remember at one point just staring at the screen and thinking, well gotta be over eventually eventually we need to do this if i'm looking towards the tv i'm sort of watching it again <laughs> uh, this, is, this is happening right now we aren't we aren't downplaying this literally if you could watch i bet you if mark the movie man you know we're put to the test to sit and watch this movie he would out he would probably understand what yeah, the him and, he on. and blade should watch it and tell us what just happened because it's nonsense. It, it's and it's <sighs> so the, it alternates like the vast majority of this alternates between this nonsense gibberish with a Hesher metal soundtrack, which I should love. The Hesher metal was actually quite fun in this, and it was laid over top of everything, kind of like Roller Gator and that fucking acoustic guitar. It's almost yeah. the same kind of deal. Um, only it's actually mixed in a way that it doesn't, you know, impede over the awful voice that you can't understand anyways. Um, and then there's like a newscaster voice attempting to tell you what's going on, but you don't care about any of it because it's nonsense. It's, no. it's all fucking nonsense gibberish. They have montage chapter breaks in this movie oh, where right. all of a sudden, all of a sudden the movie br- cuts to black and there'll be a shitty a like collage of photos <laughs> from the scenes that are, you know, taking place after it to, to kind of give you, this is supposed to be the next chapter. This is what you're in for. And it looks like rudimentary Photoshop trash. Well, And we haven't even told them yet. They just kept repeating the same scenes. So, like the monster fights, quote, fights where they just shook near each other. Yes. Four times, five times. How many times did we watch the same? Same stuff. Yeah. And then even these photo shots. Montages. Montages, these collages. It was the ones I remember were when they were at this other planet backyard thing. Yes. And it was like they all they really did was put a little bit of footage of what we just watched. Yeah. In a collage form and basically kind of then repeated the stuff again. Again. And then went back to the same. I can't call them monsters. These turd puppets fighting. And then back to the same backyard collage scene. (laughs) The movie just repeats itself for an hour and 10 minutes. Literally, it repeats itself. There, There are scenes where you're looking at the box. A monster and he's got some like turd spire that are his like I guess his cohorts and all they do is they made one and then they just fucking comped duplicated multiples and made them spin around the screen it is some trash level like real rudimentary stuff this movie's impossible to pay attention to your brain will fight it every step of the way your brain will actively fight this thing. Well, because there isn't a point where you're like, oh, that's interesting. You're just like, what the hell is this the whole time? Yeah, for an hour, for an hour. And then at the end of it, 
it literally tells you that they're going to make a sequel to this. It has never <laughs> happened. Holy it's shit. never happened. And then the movie literally mid credits just shuts off. <laughs> yep. Just shuts the they fuck off. Up. So that's what I got for the bad. Literally, I could sit and try and give you guys a beat by beat breakdown of this movie, but I can't. This I couldn't pay attention to this thing for the fucking life of me. And I only have one. What the fuck? Well, and they never even had like a fight scene. Like there was never a monster that defeated another one. I mean, and supposedly they're in this like Coliseum style. They're just wiggling around. Like they never battle. They never have another round. They never show a winner. It's horribly pixelated sock (laughs) monsters flailing around and looking like they're chomping on things, but they're not doing anything. No. And these scenes last like the first 15 minutes of this movie, I would say, is literally just pixelated sock monsters duplicated on screen, not filmed together, not put together in a way that's even believable that they're in the same space, literally barely moving. Yeah, that's it. And it happens over and over and over again. Yeah. Yep. So uh, my only what the fuck, and maybe you have one, my uh, what the fuck is, this is some AI interpretation of a sci-fi movie. You know, like those songs that we listen to on YouTube where somebody had put the collective lyrics of an artist like Metallica into an AI system and it spits out its own version of a Metallica song. That's what Actium Maximus War of the the Alien Dinosaurs is to a sci-fi movie. It, it does not read like it's a real movie that a human came up with. It's unintelligible gibberish garbage. Well, right. And supposedly it's this, you know, horrible leader trying to manipulate these certain people and distracting them with these fights. But like, that's not actually what's happening at all. It's just and you. <laughs> I really can't get over the fact that you can't understand it. Like they show you the same thing over and over again. So you'd figure at some point you get what this one part was about. Nope. You (laughs) don't. It's just nothing. It it is a whole lot of nothing. And Blake Braxton, you got a lot of explaining to do. You got a lot of explaining to do in the group. What the fuck? I'm I'm hoping you put this on the (laughs) worst movies ever list. Because you honestly felt this was one of the worst movies you had ever seen. I'm guessing my boy literally he's a trauma, you know, to the to the blood, to the core trauma freak. And this has got to be the one movie where he was like, I can't do this. This I mean, this is one of one of the if not the worst trauma release I've ever seen. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that many, but yeah, by far for me, I, I, my speculation is there is something about this that Blade gets a kick out of. I could be wrong, but I, I suspect there's some part of it that he gets a kick out of. But it he, says trauma on the cover. That's what he gets a kick out. Well, of. duh. But I mean, <laughs> maybe the dinosaur things were funny. I don't know, but um, I, he knew we would hate this. I, I think, I think he of knew. Of course he did. <laughs> I'm going to make them, I'm going to put this on the list and then I'm going to check in with Derek once in a while. Hey, you really got to show that to Amy. Wait, <laughs> hey, Derek, 
Did you do that yet? So it kind of builds it up like, oh, maybe we'll get a kick out of this. Or, oh, it'll be fun to see how she reacts. Oh, my or, God. Oh, my God. Well played, sir. Yeah, extremely well played. <laughs> this Wow. First movie out of the gate. The trauma fan brings the worst trauma movie I've ever seen. Actium Maximus. It's it is a movie. They attempted to do something. This is a narrative plot to it, even though we didn't understand it. Somebody here wrote Matthew J. Smith wrote this summary, I'm guessing for trauma. And uh, that makes more sense than anything that's in this movie. And this is absolutely going on the worst movies ever list. Those of you out there that are, you know, listeners of this podcast and this Patreon are seasoned trauma vets. The vast majority oh, right. of you are. Yeah. And if you were even remotely sort of interested in this movie, don't, don't just don't. don't, 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 don't. No. Uh, wow. So Derek and I tolerate a lot of stupid movies and usually, not usually, at least half the time we disagree on if it's worst movie or not. Either you like it or I like it. Yeah. Holy shit. This is dog shit. This, this is, is total dog this shit. This is, I I think the worst movie of the worst movies we've watched. I don't think so. I ugh. I don't think so. Blackwood's Evil still holds that. Well, I didn't watch some of them. Oh but, my god! But the ones that we've watched together, this is for sure. Ugh, no. Oh my god! No. It is just. I mean, I have watched a lot of trauma in my time. A lot of trauma. Next to myself. Blade is the biggest trauma fan that I know. Mm -hmm. And this hands down, it's got to be the worst trauma movie I've ever watched just because it is unintelligible. There's nothing interesting to look at. It's frustrating to look at. Because like, you could see the potential there. Yes. You see the potential that there could be something goofy and fun here, but it is so poorly realized and it was clearly made for 10 cents. Like for real, if they would have had two people with shitty sock puppets on their hands, pretend fighting at each other would have been better, would have been better than whatever this was supposed to be. The dictator guy could have been really funny. The guys that he was yelling at all the time, like it could have been, it maybe still wouldn't have been great, but it would have been like quirky. This and took itself very seriously. And I think that's what <laughs> killed this movie. Instead of it playing the goofiness of what was going on, sort of tongue in cheek, it took itself really seriously. And it was a real slog to sit and watch. And the worst part of this, Amy we paid for this because the only the only way we could watch this was on amazon prime we had to pay for the rental and the rental still looked like a fucking 87th generation vhs dub way to go unky <laughs> unky lloyd you fuck this is the best you got you know that they put it on there on purpose because it's so stupid right oh uh, well they're gonna squeeze every cent out of that fucking gimmick so anyways any parting words for for the listeners or or blade braxton for picking actium maximus war of the of the, i can't even say this correctly war of the alien dinosaurs mr braxton kudos to you i stomped all over your rock star clown movie and you made me watch the stupidest shittiest 
thing I've ever seen. Good for you. We're going to wrap up this greatest hits episode of the Patreon, the Astro Radio Z Patreon, where you can find all of these shows. Wait, what? You're asking me, Derek, where do I find this? I'll tell you where you can find this. Patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. Hard show. Have you decided to stop listening to the show yet? Because I've been doing nothing but shilling to you. I'm not begging for money. I'm just telling you, this is where I'm podcasting now. I'm not really going and producing this show as much as I used to. I'm doing it on the Patreon. So if you want to join us for the measly price of $1 a month, come over to patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z and get all of this stuff. Ongoing podcasts that sometimes multiple shows a week. Just saying. The last clip I'm going to show you guys today is a full episode of Astro Radio Z Uncensored, which essentially is like the classic Astro Radio Z episodes that Mark the Movie Man and I used to produce. That has now moved over from the from the regular feed to the Patreon. Here is our episode on Surf Nazis Must Die. Hope you enjoy it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astro Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Okay, Mark, we are live here. Welcome, dear viewers, to the November episode of Say It With Me, Mark, Astro Astro Radio Radio Z. And uh, this month, picked by subscriber Mikey K, he's been wanting this episode for quite some time, is the immortal trauma flick, Surf Nazis Must Die. Now, this is a movie that I watched way, way back in the day, and it's been something that I've enjoyed over the years immensely. Now, it's not necessarily one of those movies that are heralded as one of the classics of the genre or even a classic of traumas. Which is a shame. Which is a shame, actually. I I hear many, many people (laughs) describe this as one of the worst of the golden era trauma movies that were released. And I've never quite understood it myself. Mark, have you seen this one before? It's been a long time. I mean, I watched it back in the uh, old video rental heydays. Uh, yeah. You know, because because of that wonderful VHS cover, <laughs> you know, the Nazi with the gun on the surfboard and the ridiculous looking Nazi that. Yeah, it, it looks like a, a typical trauma cover where the guy's. Just like, yeah, but 
but I mean, watching it, you know, but I watched it back then and I was a lot younger and, and watching it for other reasons. So watching it this time for the show to where we're actually talking about it, I'm watching it going, wow, this, this film is actually got a lot of really great stuff going on in it. I don't understand how people don't talk about it more because, um, there's some scenes in here that are actually directed very well for, for the type of film it is, um, the way they do some of the shots. I mean, no, it's not, you know, prime cinema, but at the same time for a, a, a low budget film like this, it is surprisingly, there's a lot of better stuff in here than I expected to see Absolutely. in it. Absolutely, but it is that typical 80s trauma where it's subversive cinema, Mm -hmm. where it takes, obviously, cues from classic cinema and then bends them, you know, through the lens Mm -hmm. of zero-budget exploitation trash, and especially Euro trash, like Mm -hmm. Italian movies. Like If you jump into this movie, there is a lot of different influences on display. You have elements of the Clockwork Orange. You have elements of the Warriors or 1990 Bronx Warriors. Mm -hmm. You have elements of Death Wish and uh, other similar type, you know, Vendetta movies. Uh, So there's, there's a ton of stuff in here you'll recognize. Now, the main issue I I hear from tons of different people when they watch this movie is that they consider it boring. When you watch this, Mark, are you ever bored by this movie? No, though I will admit the pacing does slow down after Smeg's mom catches him and closes the window and you get that scene from from there's like a little bit of a chunk in there. Not a lot, j- just a little bit. Um, where the pacing seems to slow just a bit, but I was never bored with this film. Um, you know, I mean, the way it's shot, the way it moves, the way it's edited, the characters you have in here. Now, I could see maybe where they're coming from because we're not talking about toxic ridiculousness, we're not talking no. Sergeant Kabuki Man ridiculousness, and maybe that's what people are saying when they look at this go oh this is trauma but this is but as far as the type of film this is this is not a boring film at all i was interested i mean you got some fun characters in here you you've got some great scenes it's got a actual storyline that for the most part makes sense and goes from Mm -hmm. a to b to c it doesn't just do random crazy shit you know and yeah, no, this is a this is a fun movie. I was not bored with it at all. Yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. It's it's stupid in all the ways I like. It's meditative yeah. in all the ways that I kind of like. And uh it's trashy in all <laughs> the ways that I like. It's, it it is one of my favorite trauma movies and always has been. Now, speaking of the plot that you were talking about mark would you like to tell my listeners as you are you know the plot man here on after uncensored what is the plot of surf nazis must die god way to build me up i'm gonna i'm gonna disappoint people but mark going back i i've been going back lately um we'll we'll talk later more about you know (laughs) what next 
next year is going to hold for Astro Radio. Mm. But um, I've been going back through all our old ARZ Uncensored episodes. Mm. And I don't know why we, we go through this every single time. You say the synopsis every single episode. So, <laughs> I this is not like it's okay. a development. True. It's been this going is, on for years. It's not a shock. Yeah, it's been going on for quite some time. Okay. Surf Nazis must die. So uh, you have gangs in the surf world that control certain sections of the beach. And one of them are the surf Nazis. That's what they call themselves. Uh, you have other gangs as well. You have uh, the designer surfers. You have... Uh, just a, a number of different groups. Well, after an earthquake, okay, after an earthquake, uh, things go uh, kind of awry in that section. The police no longer visit, and so the gangs rule the beach. Well, one gang, the surf Nazis, want to control everything. So they start upping the ante and start, you know, trying to take control. Well, part of that is also the crime spree that they go on, a la the Foot Clan from Turtles, only with more <laughs> with involving young kids stealing stuff. Well, one day a young kid is stopped by a man named Leroy, uh, not Jenkins, uh, but he does stop him and uh, he meets Adolf, the leader of the Nazis. And well, Leroy ends up dead. And so... While the surf Nazis try to gain control of the beaches, Leroy's mother goes on a very interesting trip to get revenge for her son's death. And we see how all of this comes to a head in the climactic uh, ending that has a little bit of a hint of Day of the Woman to it. But Oh, absolutely <laughs> does. Minus all the rape. Right. Minus, all the, yeah, <laughs> minus the rapey bits. It's just, just the end part uh, definitely has a bit of that. The way it's shot with the boat and everything is just a bit of day of the woman minus all the rapey uh, uh, hardcore stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you get wild characters in between and uh, some really funny bits. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's definitely uh got its own identity and the world that they paint is a lot of fun it man what they got out of very minimal mm -hmm. settings like this is they probably filmed this in all of like three or four different settings <laughs> that took place in the, like just spatially in about a square mile yeah <laughs> like it's just a beach a sort of quarry Mm -hmm. and a retirement home that's it like that and then they took some stock footage of some burning buildings and then there was some surf footage and that's about it and they just ran these characters around into different scenarios the vast majority of this movie concerns after as you'd said there's an earthquake and then all of a sudden all of these warring factions of surfers start banding together, not unlike the warriors. Mm -hmm. They all have their own gimmick. The surf Nazis are modeling themselves off of the Nazis. Then you have samurai surfers. Yeah. You have the kids surfers who are the rats. Then you have the dude bro surfers. You have the peace loving surfers. You have all these different factions of surfers. And the vast majority of this movie is concerned with them warring each other, mm -hmm. but mostly the surf Nazis who, if there's anything that screams classic, you know, edgelord trauma, it is the surf Nazis who are 
let's just say ridiculous caricatures for a reason. Like there are moments in this movie through the 2020 lens where you could sit and go, Oh, they're saying some stuff that's very uncouth in this day and age. But at no point do you ever feel that the filmmakers with the words that they're using, they, they hit a hard F and a hard N in this word multiple times. And we know what those refer to. And, but at no point do you feel that the filmmaker are, is using these terms um, mean-spiritedly. They're painting a caricature of these surf Nazis as the most ridiculous, stupid, like comical entities mm-hmm. in this movie. They're not badasses. They're idiots. They're absolute idiots. And they're almost like, you know, cartoon characters that we're just supposed to see fail they try being badasses all the time let's let's break the surf nazis down you have their leader adolf who is this really skinny self-righteous weenie of a character who leads a band of like four or five people you have his uh his right hand lady who she calls herself her right his right hand bitch eva yeah, or Ava. Ava, Ava, like Ava Gardner. And, yeah. Yep. And then his right hand man, who's supposed to be the scientist of the group, Mengele, who fashions and makes weapons for Hook, who is a another member who has supposedly has a missing hand, and Mengele supplies him with different hooks that he puts onto this hand. Yeah, he's kind of like a dime store trap jaw. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Basically. And then you have Smeg, who is kind of like the new recruit, the young guy, uh, the blondie, who we find out eventually in this movie is really only in it for kicks because he spends his nights at home with his parents. Well, his mom live a, a perfectly suburban life. Yeah. His mom is completely stereotypical 80s suburban uh, mom. And she was awesome. I love this character. <laughs> when they get to the conversation about, uh, you know, hanging with them, he's like, well, I got to hang with Adolf. Oh, is that what Rick, Ricky Johnson's now calling himself? Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, she's like, doesn't take these guys serious at all. And, and Smeg's like, mom. And she's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like you. I don't know if you ever saw this movie, Mark, but this is kind of what the you know the tales about what the band mayhem were like it was mm. like if you have you seen lords of chaos yet no i have not yet no okay so it's the story of mayhem right. and all the crazy shit that went on with that black metal band they were a bunch of suburban white well-off teenagers that wanted to be edge lords so they crafted a, a, a an image about themselves and then pushed it too far Sure. But really they were they were well off. They had no mm-hmm. hardships come of them. They just wanted to be dark edge lords. And that's exactly what the surf Nazis are. They're these people that just saw opportunity to feel like they had power in their lives. And uh <laughs> they became the worst Nazis <laughs> possibly on earth. So that's our one of our main groups that one of the other groups, the samurai surfers what did you think of these samurai surfers that would sit and meditate and they would sit (laughs) the one scene that cracks me up every fucking time in this movie mark is the one where they're sitting on the beach and they're like 
sort of supposed to be practicing kung fu moves or samurai moves something yeah and they're just going like this yeah the entire time it, and they have knives and nunchucks or how about the scene where they try to infiltrate the surf nazis from actually surfing and somehow have hidden in their wetsuits their weapons like <laughs> where the fuck did those weapons go dude pulls out a freaking pole staff he's like <laughs> like I'm like, he, out of nowhere, he was surfing and all of a sudden he's got a pull staff and the one guy's got nunchucks. And I'm like, where did they pull these out of? I love shit like that, man. It just reminds me. That's the Warriors. This movie, once the Warriors hit big, there were so many movies, especially Italian movies. Yeah. And one of my favorite Italian exploitation films of all time, 1990 Bronx Warriors, mm, mm-hmm. did the same gimmick. You got Fred mm-hmm. Williamson in that movie. Haven't seen that movie. I can't believe you listen to Astro Radio Z, and I haven't told you incessantly to go watch 1990 Bronx Warriors. That's a one fun of, one. One of my favorite movies of all time. But there are all of these warring factions are 100% to the T straight out of that movie. Mm-hmm. Straight out of that movie. So if you like that flavor, you're going to get into this. There's there's a certain rhythm and cadence to these movies that are very languid. And it's a bunch of nonsense where, you know, these people are in dilapidated shacks in this urban environment. It's like an urban post-apocalypse, even though it really isn't. Let's just say they try painting it as such. Did you ever believe that there was a post-apocalypse going on based on the footage we saw in this movie? No, but I, but they never actually fully go that route. It's just this section of L.A. that or wherever uh, in California that uh, the cops have given up on. So it's not like a full barren wasteland. It's just the area by the beach and that thanks to the earthquake. But they do play it off as kind of a pseudo apocalypse to where this is an area left kind of on its own even though the rest of the world or rest of California isn't quite like that. So no, I didn't buy into it, but I knew what they were trying to go for. They were trying to right. do post-apocalyptic without doing post-apocalyptic. Like it never sold because no, the, the two sections of this movie, which the, the mass, vast majority are on this beach following the surf Nazis through their different, you know, battles that they had um, in these really shitty slummy areas and then the perfectly okay town with with our lead character mama whose son Leroy happens upon a surf Nazi trying to rob like this little punk kid that I guess wanted to be a surf Nazi because surf Nazis are trying to indoctrinate really young kids into their ranks because they're going to be the kings of the beach you know the new Fuhrer yeah, just, that's just like just like the Nazis of old, you know, when yep. they inf- they they indoctrinated the young, and they even call their beach the new beach. Uh- <laughs> so they're trying to, you know, Leroy happens upon this little punk trying to rob an old lady, and Leroy he's not going to take it. Gets in a fight with Adolf, and Adolf, Hook, and Mengla kill him. So yeah. Leroy's mom whose house was destroyed by the earthquake finds out and decides to go full fucking Chuck Bronson on this guy goes, goes into town. And again, this is the point I'm trying to bring across is that the, the two different sections of this 
don't really paint a picture of a post-apocalypse because every section that has mama in it feels like it's just normal everyday life. Like oh, yeah. she's, in, she's in a home that's perfectly okay. She goes into this pawn shop where she gets her gun to kill the surf Nazis. Uh, that that she wants a gun that'll blow the head off of a honky at twenty yeah. paces. Literally one of the greatest lines in cinema ever <laughs> uttered by anyone. Um, it gets grenades and stuff. All these seeds. It's just like the environment. You're supposed to kind of just buy into that. This is what it is. But unfortunately, they just this movie obviously didn't have a ton of money to work with. So no, they 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 couldn't really go full tilt, you know, post apocalypse with this thing. I kind of looked at this area like uh, if you took the world of the crow, like Detroit area of, of the crow, only put a bunch of light and sand. That's what they were kind of going for, I think, with it to where there were sections that were normal. And then there's the really crime nasty area uh but i love the when you mentioned mama's house because <laughs> i loved how they did this it's supposed to be a ruined house and when you look if you don't pay attention too closely okay but you realize it's not an earthquake destroyed house it's the beginnings of a house someone is building that they just decided to <laughs> shoot outside of before they take her to the old folks home mama she is uh, mrs washington is an awesome character in oh, this movie yeah. every scene she's in is just fantastic uh i loved every minute she was on screen from yeah that wonderful line that you, you said uh with with the uh shoot the head off a honky at 20 paces and you know, she just, I, I, yeah, she was fun. She was a lot of fun. You could tell that she, the actress was just having a blast playing this character. Um, but everybody was. I mean, they're, they're not under any, and this is what I love about films like this, is when films are made like this and everybody's involved, you can tell they know exactly what they're making. Right. I mean, it goes along with what you were saying about the dialogue. Yes, they're Nazis. Yes, they say things that, whether it's 2020 or 87 when this was made, aren't things that you would want to say. They make you cringe a little. But at the same time, the way they're delivered and the way they're handled, these guys are so Nazi wannabes. You get the feeling like they're saying these things because they feel they have to say these things. It's not necessarily things that they believe in or that right. they truly they're just saying this because they're all playing the characters of Nazis. Cause as you said, they're trying to be these edgelord uh, uh, people when they're just nothing but suburbanite kids, you know, role-playing uh, with that's, a deadly hundred percent. You know? How I've always taken it is that mm -hmm. there's, you aren't supposed to take these surf Nazis seriously. They're not actual bad guys. They're, they're people that are attempting to be bad guys. They're people that may have been downtrodden in life and picked upon. Now they see an opportunity and they're going to try and go for it. Yeah. They, they're jokes. They're absolute jokes. And they're painted that way at every turn in this movie. I mean, they, they, yes, I mean, it, it's going to sound bad. We say this because they are killing people, but at the same time, um, yeah, they are. They're jokes. Overall, these guys, if they ran across an actual gang versus taking on all these surfer gangs, um, in quotes, well, there. The surfer gangs, let's be honest, Mark, don't even put up a fight because no. like, we're here to surf. 
Yeah. We don't care about whatever the fuck you're doing. Right. So they get killed only because these other ones are the rest of the gangs are usually passive. They're like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, it's so, so, so in a real fight, uh, you know, uh, you realize these guys would probably get their butts kicked. Yeah. They went, they did fight the uh, samurai surfers. But what I loved about that was the random trash can on the beach that held the guy <laughs> hiding under the trash. It's like, it's like I'm sitting How long going, was that son of a bitch in that trash can, Mark? That's what I asked Amy. Amy was watching it with me. And all of a sudden, that son of a bitch popped out of the trash can. And during the sequence, it's like that motherfucker. We're in Southern California here. It had to be upwards of the 90s to 110, somewhere in that range. That motherfucker was like a turkey. He had to have been a turkey in there. Well, yeah, it's the it's the old metal aluminum trash can he's in too, and he's hiding in there while Adolf and Ava are sunning themselves on the beach for what had to be quite some time. And yeah, him sitting in there, and then all of a sudden he just pops out of nowhere to help even the odds by taking out one of the samurai guys because otherwise they would have had Adolf. They almost had him. Um, just three guys, and yeah, I mean, but outside of those guys, the rest of these. <laughs> These guys, I mean, the designer guys ambushed someone with acid. Uh, <laughs> but overall, as far as battles go, if these guys went up against any type of real gang, they just all get wiped the floor with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about that ambush sequence we were just talking about where Ava and Adolf are sunbathing. Hook, for some reason, is in a trash can in the middle of the fucking beach. We have the samurai Nazis that are coming up out of they just were surfing and they surf their way around over to them now. Obviously, Hook knew that there was some jabronis hanging out behind them about 50 paces because the, that designer gang was literally in their cars looking like this at them the entire time. So it's not like this ambush was particularly well planned or thought out. No, anyone could have figured this motherfucker out. Well, what's what's worse is you think about the amount of other gangs they had and the amount of people that the surf Nazis had. And had they had a brain between them, had they all attacked, they could have taken down the surf Nazis easy right then and there. They take down Adolf and Ava right there. I mean, if they all would have surfed in instead of just three guys, <laughs> you know, well, that, that also shows you like the budget of this movie to which yeah. in, in the chat, Vaughn says, yeah, two bucks and a shitty Hitler mustache. That was their budget. And <laughs> it, it shows and, and the warriors. There's that scene in the beginning where they have, you know, hundreds of people mm -hmm. with, you know, the, the main leader of all of the warring gangs standing there telling everyone to band together to kill the warriors as the warriors are try attempting to get their way out of uh, the urban area. What was it? New York? I always forget. It's I been a so yeah, long New time. I've seen it, it. I think it was New York. They, they had, because uh, they had subways, I believe. So, yeah. That scene alone kind of gives you a scope for mm -hmm. that film and that there was some sort of communication going on between these warring factions. Surf Nazis it is so rare that you ever see any of these people together. They obviously were shot completely separate times and all of this footage is just put together. So there's no communication between these gangs who literally hang out on a stretch of a uh, beach. That's probably not even half a mile long. No, <laughs> there's, I mean, 
they run into each other constantly. So they never show scenes where they're like trying to work together in order to beat the surf Nazis. It just kind of slapdashedly happens toward the end of this movie. So the vast majority of, as I said before, of this movie is following the surf Nazis as they just bully people. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I could see people saying that, all right, this is a boring movie. It takes its time. The real angle we want to see is the revenge yarn with Mama Washington mm-hmm. getting her revenge on the surf Nazis. If that's what when you start this movie and it starts off really hot and heavy right off the bat during the credit sequence where you're setting up these two different characters that uh, eventually come to quarrel at the end of the movie. When you start the movie, you're thinking, oh, man, this is going to be the entire thing. This is after that sequence, when Mama Washington gets put into the group home, it is primarily all surf Nazis. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the movie takes a very meditative kind of feel, which I could see, you know, being a detriment to most people for this movie. But let's just stand back and look at what is the main thing this movie wants to show you surfing mm-hmm. this in which surfing is a very meditative sport. It's something in which you go with the flow and you just kind of enjoy the vibes. Now for me, those vibes are classic warrior style exploitation. If you're into Italian warrior style exploitation ripoff films, you're going to get into this. I can't see how you couldn't be into this movie. And of course, Vaughn thinks, and if you like piles of trash, then you'll get into this movie, which I, I got to agree with Vaughn. There's a lot of really shitty piles of trash in this movie to sit and watch. Yeah. But this movie, honestly, just like it's a very meditative movie for if for a low rent piece of shit like this, it is, there's a quality to it that you're either going to get into, or you're not going to get into those scenes of pure exploitation, trauma style hilarity really are few and far between You're When you get introduced to mama Washington, she is that trauma character. Mm-hmm. She's that larger than life, really fun character where there's this, the scene where she gets put in the group home and she's playing cards with the old ladies. She's got, I got to put some life into you bitches as there. She's trying, you know, she's told not to gamble or anything like that. She's like, fuck that. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. She's smoking but, a, a thin cigar too. And <laughs> That's hilarious. Her character is amazing. But if that's what you're looking for, you're not going to get it here. What you're going to get is is a far more meditative kind of just dirt trash level warriors ripoff for the most part of this movie. So if that is not your thing, I could see, you know, you not really getting into this movie. If you were going to say anything and we'll do this because we do this on worst movies ever. And I think this is going to be something I'm going to bring this over to here from now on if there was anything really good about this movie mark what was the best aspect of surf nazis must die oh man um you know i actually have to say uh the direction of this film actually is probably one of the better angles for a film like this uh there's a couple scenes uh i think i took some notes uh there was uh the scene that involved the death of her son 
<laughs> yes. Vaughn wants us trash. to know. Vaughn wants us to know he that this movie trash. Is, yeah. is trash. And, and that's I could totally see that. But for me, what surprised me was the direction of the series of scenes that involved the death of Leroy from when he, you know, pulls uh, Adolf down to where you see the guys. You get that interspersed with the cut of uh, Mama Washington out of focus and she walks into focus, you know, cut in between that. I mean, that whole little sequence right there. I'm watching this going. This is actually really good. <laughs> you know, I mean, she doesn't quite pull off the dramatic acting as well as, you know, I think that the cinematography and the, the staging of the film right. would suggest that she should because there's multiple sequences in this movie that are actually quite beautiful from a cinematography standpoint. And the staging, as you're saying, the direction of this is very well done. But it is a low rent movie, and and yeah. she uh, can't pull off those chops. So of course it comes off slightly camp. It, it does, uh, and but for what they did technically, as far as as you mentioned, cinematography and that, that's a sequence. You know, a sequence with with the grenade. Uh, I thought I like I I found particularly enjoyable. You know, uh, there's a number of s- sequences like that that will surprise you that you watch this go. Wow, that was actually a very well put together sequence for something that many people are expecting as as mentioned trash. Um, you actually piles get of trash, piles of piles trash, trash. underlying underlying pi- Under, piles of trash. You know, um, you don't expect something like that. You expect something a little bit more, a little less thought out, and a little less uh, uh, organized because you could tell they actually put some thought into some of those sequences, whereas a lot of uh, trauma stuff. Yeah. It looks like they were just shooting from the hip. So yeah, yeah well, I mean, that's a lot of low budget cinema is shooting right. from the hip and mm-hmm. that's a lot of the energy of low budget cinema. Right. It comes from just the chaotic nature of the productions. Now, um, as far as I was, you know, led to believe, this was a movie that was shot independently of Troma and then picked up by Troma and retitled. I don't remember what the, the original title was. I had heard mm-hmm. it years ago that this was the case and that the director was never, the director Peter Jord was never quite on board with the title Surf Nazis Must Die. Right. As, as it kind of paints it as more of a kind of goofier exploitation mm-hmm. trash picture. And he had a more... Uh, I'm trying to think what I, I'm looking to see if I can find mm-hmm. what the original title was for this movie. Um, and I'm not seeing it on the IMDb page at all. But anyways, he obviously had a little bit more of a serious intention mm-hmm. uh, behind this movie, which kind of speaks to what you're talking about here. And uh, Vaughn is saying, you know, the box cover really lies to you. And he likes it, but it's kind of hard if you think you're getting good trauma. I would kind of disagree. I would kind of disagree. The box cover, I think, gives you (laughs) what you see in this movie. It's just not that goofy. What you get in this movie is not as goofy as what's on that box cover. You do see people that exactly look like that dude with the hook hand. With the robotic hook hand, let me bring this cover up again here on the street so everyone everyone could see this. Um, 
that are watching this here. Where is it? Oh, wrong one. Here we go. You, you do get people that look exactly like this. You may not get submachine guns right? shooting in the air, you know, victoriously or, or chainsaws in surfboards. You get switchblade surfboards. You do. Which, you know, was was a gimmick that never was utilized in this movie. Well, they used it once when they fought against the samurai Nazis. They did use it once. Once. Yeah. Barely. Barely. And you barely. find out how cumbersome a switchboard actually could be. So, well, it doesn't well, really well. make sense unless, you know, you're actually surfing and, and you're surfing. Good enough of, yep, yeah. You're good enough of a surfer to be able to actually hit someone with with a like a two, three inch blade. Like, well, I, don't have to hit him you just got to cut that achilles tendon so you just gotta you gotta surf up behind him and kind of whoosh you know um you do get that but uh i think the thing is it says trauma so with that cover i i kind of get what they're getting at is if you have trauma's name on there and you have a cover like that this this goes just below the line of the trauma-esque exaggeration you could see where if you put if you did the caricatures just a little bit more, you would get your standard crazy insane trauma film. I mean, Hook being really big and the characters, you know, Adolf completely acting German and and Adolf dressing in like you know the 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 overcoat and everything, you know. But it never goes quite that level by crossing the that 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 line so you see trauma you see that cover you're like oh i'm gonna get really exaggerated characters and you you, they are exaggerated but not to that trauma silly level uh that you might you know expect to see from them so i can see that you know yeah i mean that wasn't the intention now blade our our good bud in trauma aficionado, Mr. Blade Braxton, has joined us in the chat here, and he he has to say that this was stylishly directed by Peter George, which I think both of us agree, mm-hmm. and that the box cover shows that the waves are a war zone and the beaches are a battlefield. And I absolutely agree with this poetry that Blade Braxton has given us here in the chat. It's absolutely the case. I hear Amy groaning behind me as if this is a lie. (laughs) And I have to say again, let's look, we keep going back to this cover because I think it's very important for us to sit here and analyze this cover. You know, let me, let me see. Can I, Oh, I'm, I'm okay. Where is it? Come over to this side. Can I, why can't, why is it not getting bigger? I, I say this in the bedroom quite a bit all the time. <laughs> no, I don't actually. Oh, uh, but here. That's we what see, Amy is saying. Yeah, why is not, it uh, getting any bigger? Well, we won't bring her on here. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. There's a, there's a war going on in the chat. Now, Vaughn is saying, shut up, Blade. As if Blade has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. I'm, I'm with Blade on this. If you look at this cover, look at this. He's even though there are there's never any ladies like this. No, one, nobody's knees on a surfboard like this ever. That just doesn't happen on a wave like that. Um, but we're not looking for realism here. This is the kind of thing that happens. And look at there's Mama Washington blowing up people in the speedboat at the end of this. This movie, this cover shows you exactly what happens in this movie. They didn't lie. 
They didn't lie. It's just not this goofy. There's no right. machine guns. If anything is a lie in this, there's no machine guns. <laughs> there's no machine guns. But no. it is 100% grade A, Troma. I, I do agree with this. So, okay. So, if I'm going to say anything is good about this movie, it is absolutely Mama Washington mm-hmm. is one of the greatest absolute greatest characters ever in an exploitation movie i the biggest downfall and we'll get to the bad is that she's not in this movie more Mm -hmm. that middle section where we're just stuck with the surf nazis for like 45 fucking minutes and there's nothing else going on other than surf nazis man did i miss her i missed her big time i wish she would have came back in and been more of a up you know, a prominent thing, but she is absolutely worth the price of admission. Those few scenes that, especially the climax where she's just talking shit to these surf Nazis and I got something for you. I got revenge. <laughs> Taste some of mama's grade A cooking. cooking. Oh, fuck. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. And Blade says top 10 trauma movie, top 10 trauma movie. Blade Braxton has to say, and the war continues in the chat here. Vaughn says it's like grade C trauma. My God. Oh, my God. This is uh, unbelievable. Uh Oh, spoiler. We're bringing Mama Washington back, bro. Uh Oh, spoiler. Oh, I like the sound of this. Blade Braxton. I want a spinoff movie of uh, Mama Washington. Does she, does she kill Donald Trump? That's what I want to know in, in a movie. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see blows her him up with a grenade. Yep. Yeah, blows him go. up, rolls it in, and blows her up. So, uh, anyway, so my bad of this movie would have to be that she's just not in it enough. Mm-hmm. Mark, if there was any bad aspect to Surf Nazis Must Die, what would it be? Yeah, I, I would actually say that too. That the Mama character isn't in here quite. Uh, as much as you would like uh, just to keep that angle of the surf Nazis possibly in danger, uh, you know, it, from her meeting up and building that up a little more. I mean, yeah, you get the surfboards caught on fire, which you figure is her and and you get those scenes, but yeah, there's that, that chunk where we don't see her at all. And also during that time uh, you've got uh where, like I said, after the segment with uh, Smeg and his mom, where she catches him because he was going to work, uh, let Adolf know that there was an attack coming. There's a sec that little bit of section in there where it just like slows, like it felt just a bit like filler. And there's a couple other scenes as well in here to where I would have rather had them put scenes with Mama Washington in it rather mm-hmm. than uh, some of the filler scenes that they ended up putting in here. Um, so that that's kind of the bad is that as much as there is an energy to it near the middle in the second act there, it, it, it kind of stumbles a bit and it, it gets a little repetitive. Yeah, I would say so there, I, if there would have been more juxtaposition between like the really serious tone of the surf Nazi sections with, you know, the mama Washington and with like that smeg sequence that you like so much with the parents, with the mm-hmm. mom. Like that, that was like a pull back the veil moment in yeah. this movie that uh, every single time we get away from that beach, the movie lightens up. Mm-hmm. And if there would have been more of that, then I think this movie probably would have played better for most people. I personally, it, all of it works for me. Mm-hmm. This is, this is literally 
an extremely easy movie for me to watch. You know, now as per worst movies ever, our last section that we break down and we're, I'm just co-opting it here on Astro Radio Z Uncensored. Who gives a fuck? Is the what the fuck section. Like, was there anything in this movie that jumped up at, at you as what the fuck? Or um, was it just uh, that scene where the dude jumps out of the trash can on the beach? <laughs> like, how long had that motherfucker been there? I mean, I'm just going to keep, you know, pounding this into the dirt. That guy had to be there for hours and he would have been cooked, roasted like a goddamn turkey. It would have been very uncomfortable. Definitely. Uh, I, You know what? Um, it was the public sex scene. Uh, <laughs> Which I, I'm guessing is probably how that's Blade's fuck style. He's probably molded his entire fuck style <laughs> off of that surf Nazis must die on the rocks on the beach fuck style. Please, Blade Braxton in the chat, let me know if that if you know the rocky sex sequence is your fuck style. <laughs> that, that sequence was kind of like I'm like sitting here going. <laughs> I'm like, they're watching they're watching their buddies surfing that and I get they're making out and they're a couple but then they just start going at it like hot and heavy ripping opening the suit and everything on these rocks like out in the middle and I'm just like okay we know you're making an exploitation type film and these elements should be in here but it's so random I mean, there, there's really no. So Randy. It was Randy. so Randy. It was so Randy too. Extended um, nipple licking sequences. Smeg couldn't control himself. He falls over <laughs> the rocks and sits and watches him for a couple minutes while he's just fucking going at it, just railing this chick on the rocks. No, that's the thing is, you get Smeg watching overhead, like my precious. You know, he's like <laughs> <laughs> the smuggle, smuggle. <laughs> and then he goes away and nothing and then, else it's just like he just walked over and looked though, he's yeah. like ah yeah that's happening and then goes away and then the, the scene ends we'll, we'll see and i was kind of expecting like maybe you know adolf looking up and then and either say you know smiling or you know waving him away or whatever but no adolf's all up in you know all into it which is good that he's concentrating and all but at the same time that whole that that little sequence there is just like we, I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. I got to admit that might be my, what the fuck? I got to think about this. Like mm. what else in this movie jumped out at me? That was so stupid and out of nowhere that it was, it made me go, what the fuck? Um, other than stuff that we've already said before with trash can, the, the fucking samurai guys with nunchucks hiding them in, you know, wet suits for some unknown reason. Okay. What the fuck? Amy brought this up while we were watching this movie is like, these people sleep and live in wet suits all day, every day. Can you imagine the amount of bacteria that is in those things? <laughs> If you're you're sleeping and living in these things and then also kind of like laying around in the gutter all the time. Yeah. I bet you they smelled real good. Oh yeah, I bet, you know, 
that skin was quite pruny. <laughs> yeah, they take that off and they're just rashes. No yeah. way that 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 Brutus, you know, the guy that had the chiseled pecs and abs and just totally shorn like he had been shaving every single day, wax jobs on, even though, you know, he's living in the middle of fucking nowhere yeah. in the beach. The dude looks chiseled like he's a model. <laughs> There's no way you look like that and live this life. There's absolutely no way. So, okay, what the fuck is the wetsuit situation? Mm, yeah. Going they, on here? they wore nothing but that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So having said all this, Mark, would you consider this one of your favorite trauma flicks? Or is this just something you enjoy? Do, do you, did you actually enjoy this movie? Oh God. Yeah. I really enjoyed this film quite a bit. Um, I mean, it wasn't until years later that I realized that trauma was one that didn't just make its own films that it bought indie stuff. I mean, it yeah. wasn't until many years later when, you know, cause when I was younger, you did, there's nothing that said, Oh, this is what you're like. You kind of assume when you see trauma's name on it, Oh, this is made by Lloyd and you'd see Lloyd in there. And then many moons later talking to you and other indie filmmakers, you, you, you come to find out that, Oh yeah. Uh, they intersperse footage like that later on, once they buy the film from someone. Well, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's remember the poster here that we keep going back to says 100% grade, grade a trauma. This is how it was sold for many mm-hmm. years. So you didn't know you didn't, because it still had that same, the, the film stock yeah. looks the same as all the rest of the stuff that it, it was a hundred percent, you know, filmed and made in that same production style. Um, it looks like Blade's connection is cutting out. Uh, I'll get better Wi-Fi if you promise to review Troma's <laughs> Actium Maximus War of the Dinosaur <laughs> Alien Dinosaurs. Dinosaur. Blade for you on Worst Movies Ever. That is one of the upcoming episodes. Absolutely for sure that's coming up. And I um, promise you that that will happen, my friend. That will happen. So, but, um, but, but yeah, I had ahead. fun. I had fun with it. It's it's under the trauma label, but it's because they're distributing it. It's not uh, you know made by the trauma directly. So I can see where people come from. I had fun with it. I think it's one of the better films that they've put out. Um, you know, and for me, the, the veil got pulled open when I saw that it's, they had trauma and redneck zombies because I had seen redneck zombies when it was on its original clamshell for 80 bucks at the local mom and pops. And the reason I knew it was 80 bucks is because it literally said on the back of the clamshell how much it was, but it trauma's name was nowhere on the clamshell whatsoever. And then years later I saw trauma's redneck zombies and I'm like, and I stuck the movie and I'm like, this is the exact same movie. What the fuck? And then yeah, I, that's, right. When I started looking into it, I'm like, you know, I, I fully admit I was ignorant with it. I see the trauma name. I figured they made it. And then I realized, oh, they buy stuff too. And so with this one, this is probably one of the better put out distributed uh, trauma films out there, especially from the earlier age. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's. It's one of those where, yeah, I, I think it's it's a decent film. It, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's not like prime cinema, but there's a lot of fun here um, yeah. it, for sure. It's not as ridiculous as some trauma. So those people who aren't exactly fans of the over-exaggerated trauma film would probably dig this one more, I think. You I know? think this, this sits along the same 
you know, movies as Toxic Avenger and mm-hmm. Class of Newcomb High in that era of trauma. Like the, it looks and feels the same. It's just not as goofy. Right. That's the thing. It's not as goofy. It's still crass as all of those films are. It's still violent and exploitive with the, you know, the nudity and the content as those films are. And of course, that title. Surf Nazis Must Die is one of the greatest titles ever put to a film ever. And it again proves that Lloyd Kaufman is a shill exploitation master that knows what his audience wants. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, yep. And Blade agrees, best trauma pickup ever. Best (laughs) trauma pickup ever. One of my favorites of that era, one of my favorite trauma films. Of all time, Surf Nazis Must Die. I'm glad we were able to sit and watch it again tonight. It had been years since I watched this movie. Not because I didn't like it, just because, you know, you get caught up and we watch movies constantly. You can't watch. I'm I'm not Blade Braxton. I don't have nothing but trauma movies in my collection. I just go back over and pour over 24 hours a day. I wish I was Blade Braxton from time to time. And that was the only thing that I watched. But I'm just not the well, Blade Braxton's kind of like, in that sense, you know, uh, un- he's that guy, though, that you'd watch a trauma film and he'd be like uh, Pee Wee Herman watching his movie at the end of uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure <laughs> to where he'll leave the theater halfway through. You go, don't you want to watch the rest of the film? He's like, I don't want to watch it. I've lived it. So, I mean, he's lived <laughs> trauma, you know? Yeah, that was a long trip for a metaphor. I know. I, but, I loved it. That was perfect. You know? It's I, perfect. So. Paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, thank you, Mikey K, for finally getting us to do Surf Nazis Must Die here on mm-hmm. Astro Radio Z Uncensored. I know this is one that you've been attempting to get on this show for a while. And I'm glad we finally did it. Now, having said that, um, I do not know what we have in store for next month. I think I'm going to leave it up to a vote and I'm going to put it up there. Are there any movies? Seems how it's December, Mark. And usually what December means on Astro Radio Z is that you, Doc, and myself get together and watch some ridiculous horse nonsense centered around fucking Christmas time. Even though, you know, the first one, it's alive. What did that have to do with Christmas? I think it was a baby angle. Like, you know, might have. I don't know. It was, it's a lie. We, <laughs> whatever. We don't whatever. have to explain ourselves. We would do whatever the fuck we want. So I don't know if we even did. Have we agreed upon what that episode's going to be? I don't think so yet. No, we're gonna have to start talking about that uh, this week. We can, uh, yeah, there's some there's some doozies out there. So, uh, yeah, I was supposed to record this last week in ep- the episode 146. I think it is. I don't even remember mm. what number we're on at this point. Um, with with Seth, we're doing the Animal Trilogy, Dario Argento's Animal Trilogy, and we still haven't gotten to that yet. Who knows when we're gonna get to that? But. Uh, Next year on Astro Radio Z here, people, I am going to pull back on uh, the show proper and I may do an episode here and there, but I'm really not going to do many episodes of Astro Radio Z next year. I might if you guys here on the Patreon uh, actually, you know, give me recommendations like that one time that Mel House wanted us to do conversations for an alien. Uh, mm. because he's subscribed to that tier i will any of you that are subscribed to that tier that uh 
can you know recommend movies for me to do on the show proper those may be the only episodes i do next year maybe i'll do an episode here and there like amy and i might do our valentine's day episode again that what we have to do another uh what was it again yeah another yeti a love story uh what was the title of that sex sex on the streets or something like that <laughs> we actually cheated on that one and watched it immediately after the first one last year um and it's it's fucking good it's real a sex piss is real good at that movie. <laughs> he's real fucking mind you and i'll pull back the veil i became friends on twitter with sex piss with real life sex piss after that i found him on twitter and uh he's fucking hilarious this guy he did listen to the episode and enjoyed it quite a bit. So anyways, back to the point of this is that uh, my primary focus podcasting next year is going to be the Patreon. And I may, I don't know, who knows? I may do maybe one or two episodes of Astro Radio Z next year. But for the most part, no, I'm not really going. I'm going to focus on some other things that I'm not going to talk about here right now. And uh, hopefully I'll get to let you guys in on know about that when they happen. I'm not going to drop any of that because I want to make sure it's all set in stone. It's such a and tease. All that stuff. Yeah, but You're such I, a tease. You're teasing me, Derek. You're making my fo- nipples hard. Well, Mark, you know, that's uh, that's my life goal is to make your nipples hard. I, yeah. I, I, I think every single day of my life, like how today when I wake up, how can I, I don't grab my phone. I don't turn over and give this lovely woman a hug and a kiss. I sit and leave my eyes closed so nobody know that, knows that I'm awake. I, I lay there in bed and go, how can I make Mark Baby Man's nipples hard today? How can I do that? And uh, thankfully today I've succeeded. You have. I've succeeded you have so. today. So anyways, um, all of you that are here on the Patreon, you are going to get my full attention for podcasting in 2021. I'm going to continue on with Worst Movies Ever. Mark and I are going to do our monthly. Thankfully, I haven't asked him if he even wants to. I'm just guessing he wants to. Astro Radio Z Uncensored may be the only Astro Radio Z output I do. Unless you guys recommend stuff for me i think the last two episodes are going to be uh, for the foreseeable future this animal trilogy one was seth uh, in which seth desperately wants to do another episode of all the gimmicks so i'm mm. sure there's another episode of all the gimmicks coming but that and uh this christmas episode that mark and doc and i have to fucking power we powwowed like a month ago about we it. did a little I don't know bit. If we, I don't know if we ever came to a decision as to what that was going to be. I, th- I think a couple ideas were tossed out. We'll have to look. I'll have to scroll back through and see uh, what was suggested. But <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure we can find something. <laughs> yeah, we'll find something. So um, thank you all for continuing to be subscribed here on the Patreon. Uh, I'm enjoying all of this stuff so much that I really this is the only podcasting I kind of want to do anymore. I, I don't really see the benefit. I'm not looking to build a huge audience. I just want to podcast for the people that want to sit and actually listen to this. And that's you people. So you're going to get my full undivided attention here. I'll continue doing those worst movie ever podcasts, which reminds me, Amy and I have to watch fucking Lycan Colony. That's the next. And I hope you heard that. 
She's fucking excited back there to watch this game. <laughs> That's our next episode of Worst Movies Ever is Like a Colony. Then somehow I got to pick, pick myself up by the fucking bootstraps and goddamn do an episode on North because I watched that fucking pile of trash um, a couple ah, weeks ago. <laughs> Mark, I, I'm not going to listen to your podcast. I got to go. In no, you got to go in I, cold. I, yeah, yeah. I got to I got to show her I got to let everybody know what I thought of this thing and uh, it was be, that should be interesting yeah so many notes uh, so <laughs> many notes so many notes concerning people's balls sweaty stuck to their legs and other things I, I don't I just want to say that uh if you don't mind me uh, mentioning it on our podcast we came up with the perfect gimmick that I want to try to do and basically take like the the most serious or most like extreme ending to a film and then blend it into the final ending of North where he wakes up out of the chair. Oh, that fucking what you could put that anywhere in that movie. And it wouldn't, it, it, it wouldn't fuck anything up, Mark. <laughs> Anywhere. So anyways, that's what you got to look forward to here on the Patreon. Again, Mark the Movie Man, thank you so much for joining me for yet another month. I will put the voting up or suggestions up in the Patreon group on Facebook this week, possibly tonight, uh, to get uh, the motions turning on uh, the December. Even though, holy crap, what is today? 29. We got like, what, a day? We got a day. Left? Yeah, I know. A day right? before December yeah. hits? So uh, let us know what you want us to do uh, for December here on Astro Radio Z Uncensored. Mark the Movie Man, as always, show your ass off. What do you got going on? Well, uh, a couple things going on. Uh, yeah, specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs. But what I don't have on there yet, because we're still working on it, I am part of a radio play a version of It's a Wonderful Life. For anyone who's interested, uh, I ended up, uh, I, I have a role in it and we're going to broadcast it. It's actually going to play on a radio station in Wausau on uh, December 19th and 20th. Um, it's going to play on there and it's an hour long. And we basically do kind of an abbreviated version of uh, Jimmy Stewart's classic, It's a Wonderful Life. So that that's going to be kind of fun. And that's been a lot of very interesting to get involved with. Uh, our cannon fodder poll is closing. I have my picks for the Canon films we're going to be covering next year for our Canon special. Uh, so that's going to be fun. And yeah, I got some other things lined up because next year, somehow I hit 15 years on YouTube. Congratulations. So, <laughs> I have no idea how I did that, but I've got a lot of cool stuff planned. So if you're bored, folks and done being very entertained by the wonderful Derek Carey, and his crew, thank you so much. As always, it's an honor to be on here as part of this. Uh, when you're done there, you can drift over to our stuff and check it out there. We got some fun things as well going on and some more stuff planned. So Awesome. I got to ask you, because I've, hmm. I've thought about this recently. I've been thinking about just nixing the Astro Radio Z YouTube channel entirely. Like, what is the point of even having a YouTube channel anymore? YouTube, YouTube is kind of, I mean, it's kind of a curation. It, it's gotten stagnant for me again. There's not a huge calling for it anymore because there's so much on there. Um, it's a good archive. That's what I've been using it mostly as. Well, that and for uh, indie movie reviews, which is pretty much mm -hmm. all I do on it is the indie movie reviews because uh 
to help get the word out for it. And it's a lot easier for me than trying to write reviews. I can write reviews. It just takes me a lot longer. Just Mm -hmm. the way my brain is broken that way. But that's what I use it for. Or occasionally posting a video version of uh, the podcast, which always gets a huge amount of hits only because people don't read the fucking title. Pardon my French. uh, And realize that it's the podcast, not the freaking movie. So people will click on it thinking they're going to watch the movie. And so the views on those videos, I've got like over uh, 10,000 views, uh, not uh, over a thousand views on my balls of fury posting. (laughs) I did, I did the balls of fury film and I posted a video version of the podcast up on my website and it's gotten over a thousand views (sighs) in just over a, not even a month, but they're like, eight to 10 seconds most because people are expecting the freaking movie. Never mind. in the title, it says the spoiler room podcast balls of fury. So yeah, no YouTube, you know, you're not going to miss much. Your Patreon here is wonderful. Your patrons are support you. Uh, you got a wonderful community uh, here and on Twitch YouTube. Really? I don't think I don't see you get garnering a lot from that source in all honesty uh just because of so much is out there now and it's kind of a dumping ground in many ways absolutely Um, i gotta is it having said all this what you you just said here because i mostly just post episodes straight with no video the only mm -hmm. video that goes up on there is this it's us doing these live streams and that's literally only for the patreons i don't put it yeah, I don't put it on the proper ARZ. There are a few episodes that I think have been put on to, and these are all film jerks, have been put on to random international, like um, full film <laughs> fucking playlists and have garnered hundreds of thousands of views yep. a piece, probably for this fact alone. And you're Mobius. Mm-hmm. Film jerk is over 168,000 <laughs> views on it. And I'm trying wow. to find right now while we're hanging out. Wow. Um, yeah. Paul's well, new, his new film jerks has one episode, which is Kung Pao enter the fist, mm-hmm. which has more dislikes than anything I have on my channel. And I think it's specifically because it's just, it's, it's not, not the, the movie. It's not the movie. It's, it's exactly it. it. It's the reason why my Steven Seagal double feature we did on the podcast, which was uh hard to kill and uh, uh marked for death. We did together or whatever it was that, that double feature we did for one of our special series. It's why that video is like, thousands of views but a lot of dislikes i get comments occasionally that pop up going fuck you or this is shit or what the hell or this sucks and it's because they're looking for the movie and they aren't reading the title they search for it they just click on it thinking they're getting the movie and instead they get some old fuck talking about it and you know good or bad and they're like this sucks and i'm like it's not the movie, dude. It, it, we yep. never said it was the full movie. Did you nope. read the title description? No. So that's probably why, though, with the way you have those titled, I guarantee you that's why 
uh, they have those hits that they do and the likes or dislikes that they do. It's nothing against the episode at all, but it's just the sheer fact of people are looking constantly for full movies on YouTube and they think they're getting them. And when they don't, then they, they flame it or whatever. And you know, it's just the nature of the beast. I've never played the game exactly correct. I've always said that, but it's still seen where it's come from, from where it's where it was over the years. Uh, the only good thing about YouTube is where you can host your videos for your patrons. Uh, yep. <laughs> that's that's about what I think a lot of people use it for. Either that or archiving their Twitch streams since Twitch drops off after every two weeks and uh, yeah, after two weeks. But who, um, other than the huge gamers i don't understand anybody that puts right. their full twitch stream to to youtube because nobody's gonna sit there and watch it not in real time That's right why they'll, nobody they'll watch. watches vod on twitch so what is the what's the point of- <laughs> exactly they're just gonna watch the twitch channel for the right. latest update uh, and you know catch up if they want but nothing past two weeks because that's just the nature of the beast now you know um but yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that I really that a lot of people have the YouTube around. I got some interesting things coming up that I'm going to try to do with the channel and do something other than just video reviews. So I've got a few other ideas coming around that I'll uh, use the channel for. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're not seeing a whole lot of activity outside of using it, you know, for unlisted and private videos that you want to share for your patrons, that's what I'd use it for. Right. You know, if I were you, if I were you, because uh, just because of that, especially if you're a newer channel, I feel I, I feel bad for some. And I know I sound like the curmudgeon, but I'm the old man of the stream um, <laughs> is that uh, the, the people think they're going to jump in and immediately get all these views or, you know, make this money or whatnot. And, and you're not the majority of the people. And I feel bad, especially with the changes YouTube's made. They, they jump in and suddenly they get very disheartened at the fact that they aren't getting the viewership immediately, you know, that they expected. And it's because of the clout. I mean, when you get a service that's getting six million videos uploaded a day. Good luck having yours, find, you know, being found if you've got only 10 subscribers or 100 <laughs> subscribers, because you're not going to hit the algorithm either. There's also an algorithm out there that where if your video is longer, it will show up more. That's why you got longer videos by some of these YouTubers, um, you know, and it, it's just the nature of the beast. So I, I say if you're going to do YouTube and this is my recommendation always is do it because you want to make videos and put them out there and share them with your friends or see if they do get a grab you might get something viral but do it because you want to don't do youtube channels like that if you're expecting the fame and millions of dollars coming in that these other folks get because those are few and far between well, Mark, I'm obviously making millions of dollars here on my Astro I, I know Radio you are. Patreon. So, I mean, I, I'm sorry to hear you're not making that on the YouTube channel. I'm going to sit pretty here on Astro Radio Z Patreon and work hard for those millions of dollars with my viewers. So, I, again, thank you for coming on and not asking for a cut of those millions of well, dollars. No, I coming appreciate- on here out of generosity <laughs> of your heart. I, I appreciate you choosing to slum it with me once a month. I, I yes. thank you. I, I appreciate that quite a bit that you want to slum it with the movie man once a month. So it, 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 It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, Mark. And uh, yeah, I appreciate hey, it. Be glad. Be glad it's me that's willing to do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> so, anyways, thanks, thanks for tuning in, and everybody. I hope you have a great. You had a great Thanksgiving, and you look forward to the holiday season. Get that eggnog, and uh, mm. don't let strangers give you eggnog because you don't know what the hell they did to it. That might not be I, eggnog. I hear, I hear eggnog. I was listening to Mark the Movie oh, Man's no. podcast on his Patreon, <laughs> and supposedly eggnog is um. <laughs> It's elf kiss. It's elf kiss. So I mean, watch out for that. Good night. Thank you for sticking around, and I hope you've enjoyed this Patreon Greatest Hits Volume 1 episode here on Astro Radio Z. This is not going to be a thing that happens very often, but every once in a while, I'm gonna remind you guys, hey, pst. Patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z is producing your fix of quality Astro Radio Z content on nearly a weekly basis. So if you're into that and you want to hear more out of this show, please go over there. There are varying tiers that you can subscribe to with varying you know perks. But if you just want to hear podcasts, a month is all you have to subscribe to and you'll get there are hundreds of episodes at this point you can go back and listen to. So anyway, I'm done with this hard shill. Welcome 2021. I hope all of you out there in the Astro Radio Z universe and the world are healthy, safe and having a good year so far. So until next time. Take care of yourselves and stay healthy.